and one and two and three and we're live mm. welcome to the podcast Javi Dahong. hey how you doing guys oh man yeah it's <laughs> it's it's so freaking hot today man we yeah. got the fan running in the studio it's stupid because it's uh it's supposed to be the middle of fall yeah, yeah yeah it got cold for a little bit and then Jesus or whoever's in charge of the weather was so, like, nah. Somet- sometimes I wonder if we didn't already get nuked, you know? <laughs> I know, right? Well, yeah. Uh, everybody, welcome to the podcast. Um, we're trying out some new um, some new technical stuff. So mm. now we'll be broadcasting live. Wow, on- I could see you. Yeah, yeah. We'll be- I could see you guys. What is it, Dante and Val? How you doing? <laughs> Yeah, we'll have live <laughs> chat available, so we'll see your guys' comments. Uh, we'll also, and it doesn't matter where you type into the chat. It could be on Twitch, it could be on Facebook, it could be on Twitter, on YouTube. Uh, all the chats will go to us, so we'll see you guys. So everybody, tune in. Feel free to say say something if you think something's funny or whatever. Yeah, um, check in with us. You want to uh, fight me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, we're trying out some new stuff. Um, so as as I was just saying, we're broadcasting now on multiple platforms. Mm-hmm. And also, this podcast is now also available for replay, but also for listening. If you want to listen on iTunes, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast material from, you can also check it out there. So just make sure to look go it up. Check it out, if guys. you guys missed the live stream, go check it out over there. This is um, a good cast. You don't want to miss this. Yeah, man. We're going to get into it today. Yeah. We're going to talk about the new Joker movie that came out. And not just the movie, but, um, you know, everything that comes with it, like the history of DC. And, and the, I, I suppose, like, we'll get, we'll get into some of the themes of the movie or the questions that the movie brings up because it sure. is a pretty, yeah. it's a pretty wide-reaching movie, I would say. Yeah, yeah. So the themes of the movie, but also, like, I, I and I'm not like super into like comic books and I don't have that I much am. knowledge in it. But you are so <laughs> Yeah, these are these are my books that you see here. Yeah, if you check guys out recognize books. That? Yeah, look at which what what's this one right here? That's uh the uh The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller. Sick. Yeah. And then you said uh Jen bought you this one. That's right, yeah. Uh, the Arkham Asylum, a serious house on serious earth. That one's a that one's a scary one. <laughs> <laughs> you spent your uh Financial aid, money. financial aid money on this one. Yeah, because I because I literally had a class. It was it was a weird. I don't know why this was a class in college, but when I saw it on the sheet, I was like, hell yeah, I'm doing that. It was a comic book history class. That's cool. Yeah, and these this was a required reading. Oh, and no I had way. To, and I had to buy it. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. But it's, it works out because I always wanted to read it. So there you go. Yeah, I'm I'm not much into comic books. At the old bike shop, you know, I had the uh, the wall covered in uh yeah. in comic books. Yeah. They were all like honestly. I went to Goodwill one day. Mm. And they were I, like the the dollar store like ultra violent kind of the the super violent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I bought like. I don't know, like a thousand comic books for like 40 bucks. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge tub full. That was a good yeah, setup too. Yeah. That was that looked really nice. Yeah, it did look yeah. cool, right? Yeah. yeah. So I still have them. Maybe one of these days we might decorate maybe, I don't know, something in the studio. Some, I mean, yeah. Maybe if we move the studio to a better location yeah. or something like that. Yeah. If you, nice if you got a blank wall, you should put up just a bunch of pages. Yeah, it's always a good look. 
So I, I, this kind of reminds me a little bit of those comic books I was mentioned. I was uh, before we went on the podcast. I was saying it kind of looks like those comic books, but you said no. These are actually like '80s editions, right? Like, uh, well, these are um, these are republishing. So they're uh, collected volumes of stories that came out a long time ago. But I think these uh, versions came out in like early 2000s, I believe. Ah. Yeah. So so this book, The Dark Knight Returns, this paperback, I believe, came out in 2004. But the story is from the eighties. Tight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so let's um let's explore some of these topics. Um so for everyone that isn't a Batman fan who's listening to this podcast, which is probably like nobody, because everyone's a Batman fan. Yeah, or like, or uh, <laughs> if, if you're not a fan, uh, but you're aware of the character in some yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. It's it's a huge uh, franchise. Right. So yeah. I want I want you to kind of break down for someone like me who's like a layman in mm-hmm. in uh, in comic book culture. What is uh, the Batman? from its infancy to to now what 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 is it like where did the idea come from and if you Mm. i'm sure you if you know the backbone of the stuff like where did the idea come from who created it and how did it get to us in the format that we have it now Mm. okay uh that's a big question that's like literally covering like hundreds of years of history and uh, right no so uh, just origins origins okay start there ah you know, it's it's um it's a scary question to answer because like the creation of Batman is it's so mired in controversy. There's like, you know, it was supposed to be created by a guy named Bob Kane, but then it came out later that Bob Kane kind of was a shady character, and there was this other guy named uh, Bill Finger who actually developed the character as we know it. And yeah, it's <laughs> it's a whole thing that I could get into, but hmm. So me, from the get go, there's been a, a lot of controversy and and it is a dark story so i guess no it's always been a dark story for Mm -hmm. sure but and and even uh i I think in its its inception it was in some ways darker than how we see him now because uh in those days batman had a gun (laughs) no way yeah he was uh primarily he was inspired by an old pope character i believe called the shadow and the shadow had guns he killed criminals and and all that (laughs) stuff and uh but yeah, I think Bob uh, Bob Kane, the guy Bob Kane, conceived the character as kind of a shadow ripoff, if I'm being honest. But I believe it was Bill Finger that kind of developed the character as we know today, with the moral code and with uh, you know with a whole Bat family and all that. And, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, nothing starts like no, nothing ever starts like a hundred percent from like one source. It doesn't. No, nothing ever course. gives birth like it's especially as, you know, especially for a character this old. There's bound to be changes over time and the character has constantly evolved and so where does like uh where does where does joker come into this uh, to the picture in terms of the because joker was never his own thing right it was only it really- was always tied to batman yeah. for sure uh joker as a character hmm I, I would I would have to uh, I would have to go back and, and read up on the actual like publication history of it but I believe the joker was the first villain that Batman faced in Batman's uh, first solo series. So he started off in a magazine called Detective Comics, and then they got that. Those stories got so popular that they spun off into uh, the Batman series of comics. So Batman number one, I believe, that's when Joker debuted, and this character was. I think he started off as just a bank robber with a smile. But um. and and he was supposed to die originally in the first story, but 
the publishers or the the editors, I guess they 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 said this character's interesting, keep him alive. So they changed like one panel of the last page to keep him alive. He's in jail now, and at that point, history was born. <laughs> it was really <laughs> so funny. It's really not a special history with it, this character. It makes sense though, because if you think about the Joker. That that it, it could be anyone who robs banks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like anyone who's robbing banks, they're, they're automatically you're wearing a mask. Yeah. It could be a clown mask. You know. Yeah. It could yeah. be any mask. But whenever someone's robbing a bank, it's never a serious mask. You know what I mean? It's always some funny <laughs> thing. It's always you know? goofy. It's always even, babies. Even or, or even the classic ski mask looks silly uh, in some yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. So I I I appreciate like bringing humor into like. Something that people usually don't think is humorous, you know, which is mm-hmm. that uh, that is the whole theme of Joker, right? This as, that, as a character, yeah, yeah. especially uh, the Joker, like Batman as a character, evolved over the years. And the Joker, he went from this, you know, kind of petty criminal bank robber kind of deal into someone who is just the complete, you know, uh, without empathy, a psychopath that just wants to find humor in very dark places yeah that makes sense yeah yeah i mean also like when i think about the joker like what it is now i watched some of the older movies when i was a kid like of course who didn't watch like fat penguin fucking oh. you know <laughs> you mean the you you mean the tim burton movies the t- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah those are funny dude yeah. <laughs> and then like and then the cartoons i also watch kids wb and mm-hmm. i also watch like um you know i don't know i'm, I'm 28 years old now so i don't know like how old you have to be to have watched those movies, uh, those cartoons? But no, did I, you I, watch those also? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, I, and I think a lot of people would agree with me on this. That's actually like the best version of those characters. You think so? The kids show version, because even though it was a kids show, they they were, they were grimy, dude. They, they were grimy. <laughs> they went they went to some some places that uh, you know, you wouldn't expect a kids show to go, and because of that. I actually didn't grow up with those cartoons. I thought they were too boring when I was little. There was not <laughs> enough action. There was too much like dialogue and, and character development and intrigue. It's like, I just want to see him punch something. Oh, that's true. So, so when I got older, I went back and watched those, and I'm like, holy shit, this is a good character. <laughs> those are funny, dude. There was all these, like, there there were some, there were not too many, like, politically correct cartoons, but I remember there was, like, Static Shock. Oh, right, was like, which is funny yeah. because Static Shock is in the DC universe. There's right, a, there's right. a whole like Batman episode, I believe. Really? Yeah, for That's Static Shock where he goes against the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. when I think about the Joker and Batman, I think of these are the things that I remember, you mm-hmm. know, like come growing up and watching these cartoons. But um isn't that sad though? Uh the fact that these cartoons from the 90s People still agree, like uh, almost unanimously, that those are the best versions, and we still haven't got close to that. I know. It, <laughs> where, where did where did it start to go downhill? That's what I'm wondering. Uh, uh, it's um. Is it because that stuff like Kids WB and like UPN and like mm. all these like networks that had like cartoons, like Fox 11 had like a cartoon segment. Mm-hmm. Like, all that stuff is gone now, right? Like, yeah, for and, sure. Like yeah. the I, I think the concept of the Saturday morning cartoon is is not a thing anymore. I could be wrong though. You know, I haven't watched cartoon on, on I mean, TV for a while. So. Think about this though: when we were kids, we watched them while they were there, mm-hmm. and then when they were over, it was a wrap. Like we went outside, we did something else. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? There was always yeah. something to do after TV, I suppose. Yeah. And but now, now, 
Now you can consume as much material mm-hmm. as you want indefinitely. Te- technically, it's uh, all TV now. <laughs> yeah, now everything is TV. On a screen, yeah. yeah. That's so crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and I watch, like, my, my little brother, my little sister, they have phones, they have iPads, they play games, they play Fortnite, they're, like, super advanced. Like, they can manipulate computers far better than I could when I was their age, you know? So I'm wondering, like, are they going to be the ones to re-manifest, like, this new, like, because these are, like, old archetypal stories, right? Like, the Batman story. And I really actually, like, I, I was never into Batman the 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 hero, mm. but I was into Batman the, like, uh, how do I ex- describe him? But it's, it's basically the only reason I liked Batman was because he wasn't an actual, like, there, he didn't have an excuse to be a hero. Like no. he has no powers. No, you know what I mean. No, it it was yeah. completely um, his choice. Exactly. In the, in the yeah. end, yeah. And I mean, it everyone... was his will that manifested, mm-hmm. like him being so good at beating up crimes. You know, right? That like right. everyone else, like it's some special power, and like that doesn't really like me. Like as a kid watching all the other superheroes, like I didn't like any of them. You mm-hmm. know, it's just like. Dude, I'm I'm not ever gonna be Superman. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. Like Superman is the unattainable ideal. Batman is what we want to strive to be. Yeah, in a yeah. sense. In a sense. In a sense. Yeah. And Joker is like the antithesis of that. Yes. In a realistic version, you know. Right. Because all the other villains are also like unattainable in mm-hmm. the in the in the uh, world of villains, you know. But as far as Joker goes. Anyone can be Joker if they put their it's, mind to it. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, unfortunately, it's true. But yeah, and that, that's the beauty of the Batman-Joker relationship is that these are just two guys. They're yeah, just guys. Yeah, they're just guys. Yeah, they're just dudes beating on each other for ideological reasons. <laughs> they're, they're not, they don't have powers. They don't have powers. <laughs> they're dude. just two mentally ill people <laughs> beating each other up on the street. And you can't say that Batman isn't mentally ill. No, he definitely is. Because he definitely threw away his life, his career, his money. Everything for this philanthropic idea this, of saving um, people. This, this war, this yeah. one-man war on crime. Dude, how are you going to just go on a one-man war against everyone? Yeah. Like, you have to have nothing to live for to do that. No mm-hmm. love interest, no family, nothing. You know, So definitely Batman but has PTSD but, uh, and is crazy. But that's the interesting thing. Batman does have a family and uh, occasionally some, some love interest, but he is kind of hurt so deep down that he continues... To pursue Yo, this this war, Batman does not know how to pick girls, dog. Right? No, like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I yes, I can agree with you there. Yeah. Jesus, like, and and if I'm being honest, uh, as a big Batman fan, like, a look at his shirt. Batman, look at his shirt. Yeah, look at my shirt. Like, as a big Batman fan, I will say that his love life is the least interesting aspect of of the of the lore of the mythology because yeah. it's just. There really isn't much there, in my opinion. the The meaty stuff is when you get into his inner conflicts and right, his emotional right. you know his psychological issues that stuff's now, great bringing it back to like the joker mm-hmm. right um so for me and i'll be honest that's this is how i remember batman but then this is how i remember joker and unfortunate unfortunately for me everyone who likes harley quinn and likes the joker <sighs> I hate all those people. Yeah, automatically. You know yeah. what I mean. And I can't. I can't blame you for that because for some goddamn reason, uh, people idolize that relationship. Yeah, and it's so yeah. fucking weird. Yo, like that's a that's a domestic violence case. You it know? is. Stop it, trying to be that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like um, 
God, the, the, the Suicide Squad movie was such a disservice to those characters. And especially with the Joker and Harley Quinn, they fucked the image of those characters up for, for Suicide Squad. It, oh, for sure. God damn. It's... And then, like, now every girl that is, like, every little hood rat is now, like, Hashtag oh my God. goals. Like, oh, what are you oh. talking about? <laughs> God. I gotta, sh- I, I gotta show you some clips from the original cartoon because that's a, that's a fun fact as well. Harley Quinn, the, the character was not a comic book character. They made her for the the cartoon. For the cartoon. Yeah. Oh. And like in uh there's an episode of the cartoon that goes into her her origin and it's so perfectly done and it shows you why fundamentally that relationship is awful. See, I see in the comments someone said Ivy and Harley all day. Ivy and Harley? See, see Ivy, I didn't mind cuz she was just so fine, dude. Like, oh, Poison dude, Ivy. Poison Ivy. Yeah. She's just yeah. like yeah. But that that's a that that's one of those uh, villains of Batman's that has superpowers. It's strange. I know, right? Yeah, yeah it's it like one, one no of the f- one of the few. Like most of Batman's villains don't have powers. They're just people. And Batman always like it's hard for him to beat up these girls, you know. Like <laughs> no, uh, I, I think I think recently they've kind of they kind of stopped giving a crap about Batman punching women. <laughs> <laughs> like in the in the Arkham games, you could just like just the uh, Harley Quinn comes with the with the cartwheel. He just like, dude, what was that game um, for PS3 that was like super popular? Everyone was playing. I know I've heard all my friends were talking about it. It was like you were Batman. It was like first person. Yeah, uh, probably the Arkham games. Like oh, it was yeah. a it was a trilogy. It was a, oh yeah, Asylum. Arkham Asylum, uh, Arkham City, and Arkham Knight, and Arkham City. That's a, yeah. and Knight. Those are the two yeah. that I saw people play. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I haven't. I don't play too many video games mm. either. But like, no, those, those games were those games. I, were the graphics were sick. And yeah. Things, yeah, when I was watching yeah. like other people, some of my friends like those play. are uh, those those are my. Um, that's actually my second favorite version of those characters because they they brought in the writing staff from the cartoon. You know, one thing that always like lacked for me from these stories was. You know, after the cartoons and after, like, knowing about the comic books and the storyline and all these things, right? Then came the movies. Mm -hmm. But then when the movies hit, they were just so corny and whack, you know? And I was like, wow, like, Batman, the character, can be developed into such a much Mm -hmm. greater thing, you know? If only they made it for adults. I remember thinking this so many times. Like, every time they came out with one of these movies, like, wow, if only they made Batman... For adults, like it would be so awesome, right? Mm-hmm. It almost feels like this new Joker movie is exactly that. Like they actually took that, you know, and mm-hmm. ran with it, even though. You well, know, so cinematically, at least, I I would argue that the uh, the Arkham games were were that, like uh, the Batman for. for I'm not sure about the games. I didn't really play those mm-hmm. too often, but. Yeah, they they uh, they went they really went all the way with some of their themes, especially with with the villains, where they really developed their psychoses and the mental illness and. Uh, and you know, just just to put it out there, just so people don't uh, think that I forgot about it, you know, the Dark Knight trilogy is a very popular series of films, and you know, critically acclaimed and all of that stuff. But even then, I felt there was always something missing from from those movies in terms of the Batman character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even yeah, then, definitely. there was there was still something missing. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I like this new take on the Joker. And, yeah. I, and you know me. I hate pretty much everything that comes out in the theater. Yeah. But this movie we went to go watch and I was like, Oh wow, like this is actually a pretty dope movie. Like I was actually into it, you know. I was like, eh. like at first I was like well when I watched the trailer, I was very skeptical. I was afraid it was gonna be another one of these um 
the previous Joker. Joker, what's his name? Uh, what's that you, clown's name? Uh, uh, what do you mean? The the Joker that uh, the last movie with Harley Quinn and Joker, oh, uh, you mean Jared Leto? Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. what an asshole. That was <laughs> terrible, dude. Yeah, what an <laughs> asshole. That's a good way to put it, man. Jesus, dude. That I I was afraid that this was gonna be something like that. You know that it was gonna be geared towards like awareness of something you know but like in this like hyper conscientious way where they're like kind of almost preaching to me the whole movie you thought it was you thought it was going to be the woker yeah the woker that's exactly right (laughs) wow they have a they have a a word for it the woker the woker yeah Yeah, i actually yeah i i thought i was gonna go watch the woker you know and i was getting ready for like i was getting ready to watch it like people go watch the room I was getting ready ah, to like laugh like hard clown on it. and clown yeah. and like watch it sarcastically and be like ha ha ha, but like, but that didn't happen. It was actually like a decent movie. You know? mm-hmm. and I thought the cinematography I thought was good, like the way that it was shot, the the color correction, and and the technical aspect of the filming yeah. I thought was really good. But I also thought that um, the you know obviously the new rated R take is very good and i'm so happy about that the these stories have always been oh before you continue spoiler alert we're getting ready to dive into the movie so okay spoiler alert yeah yeah, yeah. but yes continue yeah i i will say like i'm i was so happy to see that this movie was going to be rated r not for any sort of like i fucking love blood and gore but because that means that they weren't afraid to explore themes that these stories have always explored and the movies never wanted to touch upon them but now we live in a world we live in a society where we have a comic book movie that's willing to go into these dark places without fear of being you know called out without fear of being market like uh not marketable this movie is not concerned about being marketable which is amazing so here's one take that i want you to listen to Mm -hmm. um and then so this is something that someone else has. I was watching some videos somewhere, somewhere, someone reviewing this, right? Yeah. And basically, the take is that. I mean, I get well, a, am I gonna need a drink for this? Oh, hey, and and <laughs> for everyone, look, we got, we got the delirium, because we're about to get delirious, like to, Joker right we're now. About to get delirious, man. There you go. There you uh, go. <laughs> not sponsored. Hey, but get at us, <laughs> Tremens. Please, please. <laughs> Come on, Tremens, you e- can do it. Email. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> but yeah, um, so what were we saying before we started getting drunk? Getting, getting drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, we were talking about we were talking about how the movie was rated R. Talking about how uh, shit. Hey chat. <laughs> hey chat. What were we saying? <laughs> oh, about yeah. There you go. Like, about how it was a uh, you know rated R. Yeah. Versus PG thirteen. Uh, so for me, one of the things that's really funny is that these comic books were designed for children yeah a long time ago mm-hmm. but now the climate has changed so drastically that now those children's comic books are rated r you know what i mean that's pretty crazy <laughs> to think about for sure yeah. yeah and so that's one thing the second thing that i was thinking of was this dude's take on it which is that basically what if and it's a big what if but what if uh you know what if the controversy following the movie is not real what if it's a new way to gather traction on social media platforms and what if it's a new way of campaigning mm-hmm. like different products and different you know because think about it dave Chappelle sticks and stones follow the same format 
Yeah. When they released, like, it was like, oh, we're so anti-PC and then all this, right? And, like, and then, sure, he got some backlash, but none of it was, like, detrimental to his career, you know? It was just like, eh. You know? And it actually hyped him up more than anything. Like, you look at the Vice. Vice released a, uh, a an article, uh, like a hit piece on Dave Chappelle, uh, Sticks and Stones, yeah. saying, don't watch it, it's garbage. And... The fact that they published it on their website That's means true, that yeah. most people clicking on it are going to go and watch it because they want to know what is garbage about it. You know? there, is, there is some merit to that. I will say there is, there's definitely some merit to that, especially when you look at um, who these outlets work for. Um, I, I, believe, I, I think I, I, uh, we were talking about this before, like the whole media controversy around Joker, where CNN is actually, I, I believe it's owned by Warner Brothers. And Warner Brothers obviously produced the Joker movie, and like, right. like, come and, on. <laughs> and we we have we have that article here queued up. Let's, oh. let's pull it up so everyone can see. Yeah. Um, or but, the the Gary Glitter the Gary Glitter one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So here's CNN. Oh, there. Oh, I don't want to know five things about this asshole. Good old, good old Get Anderson Cooper. Joker uses a song by convicted pedophile Gary Glitter. He's probably making money off it. Ban this movie. I don't want to watch it anymore. <laughs> Are we going to ban all the NFL games that play this? Yeah, you know, yeah. Like we, every season? Yeah, every <laughs> every football fan's a pedophile. <laughs> this is ridiculous, <laughs> dude. Yeah, ridiculous. But, but as I said, CNN is owned by Warner Brothers, if I'm See, correct. So am I, am I wrong to maybe go into this conspiratorial point of view and think no. that maybe it's possible. It's possible that, that it's a marketing strategy. Yeah, it's strategy, possible that sure. it's a marketing strategy. Yeah. And, I, and I'm thinking about it because the pattern is recurring. And I mm-hmm. follow patterns. And the first thing I notice is Dave Chappelle set the precedent for this pattern. And then we got a season sorry next. And now we have uh, the Joker next. And then what's going to come next? Let's, let's keep our eye out. Maybe the next uh, big hit is going to be some middle ground like very good like mm-hmm. you know cuz the thing about it is is this not only is it if if this is a marketing strategy not only is it genius but the content that they are sharing is great you yeah. know like it's it's awesome content so mm-hmm. like there's no hating it like yeah right. do you you know it's working great like it's actually hitting like hard in the box office like joker 2019 is like like it's, it, it's going to hit a billion for sure yeah it's going to hit a billion for sure you yeah. know without trying to yeah, and <laughs> China, isn't that they're banned in China now. No, they, I I don't think it premiered in China. I don't believe. No, yeah. damn, yeah. they didn't have any Chinese anything in there. Like no, no, because I know they're banning everyone right now in China for every little thing. Right? Oh uh, yeah, 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 for sure. But uh, yeah, like uh, China's always been this huge chunk of the of the global box office, right? Especially for sensational movies like Transformers, comic book movies, comic book movies, mm-hmm. yeah. Chinese people love that shit. They love to watch robots fuck each other up. Mm-hmm. They love action movies. They love watching Iron Man go to China and greet politics. Like, <laughs> did, did you hear about this? Where the, uh, I think the Chinese version of Iron Man, it could be Iron Man or the Avengers. Iron Man literally flies to China and they hire like these Chinese actors for a brand new scene specifically for China. That's dope. Yeah. <laughs> China probably dropped baller money Oh, for on sure. <laughs> oh, for sure. Dude, yeah, China's dude. so crazy. Dude. I know. They're, just, they're so wild. There's something. They're, they're the only reason why there's still more Rocky movies. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> what? 
Why isn't that dude asleep? <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, go home. Oh, you, you know? mean Rambo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Rambo, sorry, not Rocky. Whatever, <laughs> same dude. Uh, yeah, same dude, same dude. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it just over and over and over and over. Like, mm-hmm. dude, like, nobody's watching this out here no more. Where is it going? You know? Yeah. But we forget that there's an international market. Mm-hmm. We, we're so egotistical and so self-centered as a country that we don't think that any of our fucking content yeah, we're trendsetters in in a, in a way. Whatever we do is trendsetting. Like yeah. look at look at uh, hip hop culture. Look at black culture. Look at uh, it, it's revolutionaries worldwide right now. You know, look at comic book culture. Look at yeah, all nerd culture. Yeah. It's fucking worldwide. You know, we're trendsetters in this country. It's like the honest. it's like the only thing that that I can think of that comes close is like uh, uh, Japan's anime manga thing. That's pretty. Yeah, that's they, pretty yeah, big. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There's no comparing to them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in terms of that, that's their thing for sure. Mm-hmm. But Japan is full of hip hoppers. Like, mm. there's break dancers. There's oh, like yeah. turntablists. There's like they're really, they really, really, really love hip hop, and they're really engaged in it. Same thing for funk. Like in the '80s when funk music oh, was coming yeah. out. Oh yeah, fucking '80s yeah, yeah, Japanese yeah. music is great. Yeah, they do yeah. so much '80s hyphy Japanese music. Uh, all you guys listening, if you if you haven't checked out Japanese funk from the '80s, do that because it's so hot fire. It has nothing to do with this podcast right now, but but it's just it's check just good it stuff. out. It's good stuff. Hey yo, keep the conversation going. I actually need to use the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> all right, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, right. go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so second, guys, I'll be back. We're talking about the Joker. Uh, Jabi, he's going to China to take a piss real quick. Um, so we we have got a few more um articles to pull up for you guys. Um, we're talking about the controversy of the film before we're even getting into the actual film and breaking it down for what it is. But that's all right because you know we we got a long time to go and we're gonna get into it. So don't worry, we're definitely checking it out. Um, but. A few other things that bothered us were, like, some of these um, posts about, like, the Jokers possibly, you know, being violent and, you know, all of this about U.S. Army warns of possible incel shooting at Joker films. Like, wow. Like, how did you guys get the word incel out of the whole movie? Like, I don't understand. Like, it has nothing to do with that. And yet, everything here, like... All of these trendy like posts are all directing us towards this particular ideology that the Joker's such a terrible movie, that uh, pedophiles make the music, that it sponsors violence and hate, and that it has something to do with incels. Like, I don't understand what any of that has anything to do with the actual film. If you watch the film, it's great. It's actually like a great piece on everything that has to do with mental health. And as soon as Jobby comes back from the restroom, we're going to talk all about this because we're getting ready to get into the movie, guys. So stay tuned. But, uh, yeah, these are some of the subjects that we want to bring up in the movie. Uh, Joker, I mean, as a character, like the dude that got dropped in acid in the 90s, I don't really like that Joker. But this new take, it's pretty awesome. Um, And for it to be disliked this, for people, like, I, I honestly hope that this is fake, that this is... PR that this is marketing uh, done on this particular subject like by Warner Brothers themselves because they own all of these websites like I hope that it's a marketing strategy because if there are really this many people who don't like Joker then I feel alone I feel I feel alone in in my point of view 
Like, am I the only one who thinks this movie's good? I mean, if we look at the Rotten Tomatoes, check that out. It was actually worse when the movie first launched. It was like, I don't know, 2% for people that, you know, for, for the actual critics. And it was like 99% audience score. I'm back. What's going on? You talking about the Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, uh, basically, what I was doing, I was, I was, I was, you know, presenting the fact that we're actually presenting the controversy before we're actually presenting the movie. Before we actually dive into what the movie's about. Yeah. But that's okay. We can do that first. Okay. Um, but I was just explaining how if I hope that all of this material that's on the internet that's negative um, towards uh, the movie is somehow some really slick marketing strategy. Because if mm-hmm. it wasn't, then I feel that I'm alone in this. And I feel like kind of isolated by the mainstream media. I feel mm. like my point of view is somehow frowned upon, if you if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So, like, I was bringing up the Rotten Tomato thing. Well, actually, when I first looked at this, the audience score was, like, 99%, and then this was, like, 2% or something ridiculous like that. So, uh-huh. it's evening out as more time passes, but it's still pretty bad compared to other, like, I mean, ho- I, big box movies. I'd argue you know? it's still pretty bad. I mean, look at look at the uh, the amount of people who put in a rating. 52,000 people versus 500 people. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> that's like literally like 0.0005%. Like, yo, get but, out of here with that. But here, here's a here's a piece of information right. to fuel the fire. Us, enlighten us. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, I believe, is also owned by Warner Brothers. Think about it. Fuck. <laughs> See, am I right or am I right? <laughs> you could be right, man. You could yeah, be right. Yeah, it's happening, bro. This new marketing strategy is hitting. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah, but goddamn, man, it, if it didn't work, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> if it didn't work, this movie would be a flop, mm-hmm. you know? Like, this would be, this would have been, but that's why they didn't give them a good initial budget. Like, their initial budget was it's only true. like, yeah. It was weak compared to other movies that mm-hmm. have ranked this high. They have had way more of an initial budget than this movie has had. So, it, with that in mind, this movie is unbelievably successful yeah it's like it's as successful as these uh multi-million budgeted comic book films but it was budgeted like an independent movie yeah exactly exactly (laughs) and that's also why i enjoy the color correction in the movie because it's very indie Mm -hmm. and but also very it's very um like late or late 70s right and i was watching an interview with uh joaquin phoenix talking about how when he designed the movie, or sorry, um, the director. Oh, Todd Phillips. Yeah, yeah. The hangover how, guy. Yeah, yeah, the hangover guy. Yeah. How uh, he wanted it to feel like it was shot out of like 1979, that's what he said. Mm. Yeah, so that made a lot of sense to me. I was like, well, that's a very like earthy, like very like specific time frame. And it has like, a, like it's easy to replicate it, you know what I mm. mean? That's also why I feel Quentin Tarantino in his latest movie went with the whole um like 60s late 60s uh you know and we and by the way we went into a podcast uh me and jen my girlfriend about um oh the manson yeah. family murders and a bunch of conspiracies if you guys want to get into that and you want to learn more about that guys. check that podcast it's out it's podcast number five yeah it's it's a weird podcast but hey if you guys want to know more about that it's out there mm-hmm. but um yeah so like quentin when he came out with that movie i was like 
intrigued also by his choice of like the time frame because some of the movies that he made in the 90s were like correct for the time mm-hmm. and then some movies were like maybe like 80s and then some like but this is a, i don't know if this is his first time venturing into like a 60s movie you know because mm. he has done, did, like uh, westerns when did like uh this. when did jackie brown take place you remember I don't remember the time frame in that, but it might have been late, early seventies, late sixties. Mm. You might be right. You might be right. Yeah, because I, I remember the, the vibe at least. That, that's what it gave me the vibe of that era. Yeah, and that's important. Like I know Quentin is known for filming in Super Eight, so he's actually filmed in Super Eight, which is uh oh here I'll show you guys. I actually have some uh, Super Eight film here in a camera. Oh. Check it out. Ooh. This is a Super 8. This is the exact same camera that he would have used to, to record that shot. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, and it records in the, in the same film. It it costs like 100 bucks to record three minutes. Ah. So, no, thank you. Very costly. <laughs> yeah, I'll just keep it here for like... I believe... I, I, yeah, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure Todd Phillips didn't even film on actual film i think he sh- he shot digitally and yeah then of they, course yeah. they they made it look great yeah yeah post. they color corrected for it to, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, but, they did a good job uh yeah, yeah. And, and by the way i paid like two dollars for that oh no. <laughs> <laughs> nice nice yeah. dude yeah. I, I i love the swap meet and like yard sales and craigslist dude. oh and for I, sure i live on that i thrive on it yeah <laughs> Getting them deals, man. Getting them deals. Always getting them deals. Getting them Joker movie deals. Joker movie deals. Putting deal. in $10, getting $1 billion. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's really what this movie is, huh? It was just yeah. a good deal for, for everyone involved. So let's actually, like, let's do it. Let's dive deep into the movie. Um, the Joker. Yeah, so everybody who hasn't watched it, don't watch the rest of this podcast. Right. Or watch the rest of this podcast. Fuck it. You know? Fuck it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, who gives a fuck? <laughs> but uh, anyways... Um, some of the things that I so how like. About, how about that Robert De Niro scene? Huh? Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, We're jumping maybe, to the end. All right. No, maybe not yet. Maybe We're not jumping yet. to the end. <laughs> maybe not yet. So I, I, I want to talk about um, something that kind of hits home for me with the Joker movie. And that is anxiety. Like, all right. And I don't want to say anxiety because when I say anxiety, I think of all these people on the internet self-diagnosed anxiety exactly i'm I'm always so anxious i have anxiety oh my god if i don't talk to anyone and if i act like a dick it's because i have anxiety bro it's the same nah you're just a fucking cunt it's the same with the word triggered isn't it the word triggered has been ruined because absolutely because people actually get triggered dude like i (laughs) like that was a decent word yeah like people like medically people actually get triggered but now everyone just used it so much if you fucking i'm pretty sure that people who are prone to seizures don't even want to use the word anymore you know what i mean yeah like if they see a strobe light and they're like oh i'm getting Mm. seizured they don't want to say triggered anymore because the word is burned i'm getting provoked (laughs) (laughs) something some other word yeah yeah, so in, in the same way, like when I think of the word anxiety, it makes me think of this, but a lot of people don't understand what it really means. For me, one of the important things about the film is like how he's trying to decide whether he's living in a tragedy or in a comedy, right? Mm, he wants the to famous decide, line, yeah. He wants to decide his outlook on life. But the reason why he's doing that is because he's trying to overcome this overwhelming like anxiety that has him always on his feet and on his toes and he doesn't trust anyone but at the same time 
he's like a pushover and he's, you know, very susceptible to other people's behaviors because he's not confident. He lacks confidence and all these things, right? I don't relate to that because I consider myself a very confident person. Mm. But, uh, but I do relate to the anxiety because it's not the anxiety that people imagine. I feel like anxiety is more deeply rooted in trauma. Like if you experience some sort of trauma in your life, if someone ever, like if you've gotten in a lot of fights when you were a kid, if you've experienced abuse and all these things, eventually what will happen is you'll build a defense mechanism, right? So you'll you'll build a, a, a some type of firewall that so that when these actions take place, you're able to defend yourself properly, and most likely you'll survive. Mm-hmm. It's a way. It's a it's a mechanism for survival, right? When you start to build this mechanism for survival, when you start to work on it and you start to bring in more skill to this, and you start to hone in the skill how to navigate. Especially if you live in like a really bad neighborhood, like I grew up in. Like, you start navigating, like, through these dangerous areas. You start to realize different things about people. You start to suspect people. You start to being, you start being way too, like, uh, what's the word, um, nihilistic. And you start to be, you, you're suspect of everything. You think everything is sus, you know? When that's happening to you, it's a self-defense mechanism because most likely, if you did trust someone, they would fuck you over. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and in and, and employing this tactic, what will happen is, you won't be able to escape it once you want once you no longer need it. So once you're in a place that you consider to be a safe zone, right? You're still going to act like that. You're still going to be on your toes. Right. You're right. still going to be navigating, watching who's doing this, who's doing that, you know. Well, yeah. you're you're easily triggered. You're easily triggered. That's exactly right. Right. And and it's an appropriate use of the word because that's how it is. And when people go to war and Whatever happens to them when they're out there doing shit, you know, and they believe that it's for the ultimate Not, good. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> but uh, you know, whatever it is, please that they don't unsubscribe. <laughs> please don't. But you know, when they when they uh, decide to do that, they do it ultimately because they believe they're doing it for the greater good, right? Right. And when they come back, they can't turn off that switch. Right. You know, the switch is on always. And they're never able to really navigate through regular social uh, constructs. Because every, every neighborhood, every state, every country, every family, they all have their own social construct of like the rules and that you have to adhere to. So if you live in South Central, Los Angeles, California, United States, you know, mm-hmm. you're adhering by all of the rules segmented to you by all of these different authorities. Right, right. And if you don't know how to navigate through those because you grew up in a thing that was different from all that shit, you're going to have a hard time, you mm-hmm. know? If you went to war and something happened to you and you had to f- adopt a new way of thinking in order to survive, that is going to be useless when you come back, you right. know? And you're going to end up on the street, you're going to end up homeless, right. and you're going to end up on drugs. And you're gonna all these things. It's like right? these different these different social structures that people uh, can't always adjust to. Exactly, because yeah. you can almost even argue that these social structures and boundaries can be sort of illogical to a certain extent. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like it, 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 we do it not for us. We do it in order to participate in this game. You know, we didn't choose the game. 
we were born into the game, you know? Like, we can decide if we want to play or if we don't want to play. In a sense, uh, at this point, we don't know who started it. <laughs> exactly. Where did this game start? I don't know. Hmm. But the game's gone, you know? And everyone who's playing the game, they're ranking to be the highest in this game. Mm-hmm. And what does it mean to rank highest in this game? Well, according to the Joker movie, obviously, they're portraying those who have the ability to rank high in the game of life as those who have had everything presented to them, money, wealth, Mm -hmm. the whole nine, right? And everyone who's been unfortunate enough to not have any of those uh, one-ups in this game are having to play it the hard way. They're having to do it like Mario and jump through every hoop, Mm. hit every coin, collect everything in the whole damn game, collect all the stars, everything, you know? So, like, the way you play the game is important. And I think that this movie... When even when the movie first started, like I already knew, I was like, "Oh, like this is actually pretty enlightening. It's actually shedding light on a topic that's very important." Like from the first frame, you see that, "Oh, this movie's oh for sure. Go- this movie's gonna try to say something." Exactly, isn't it? Exactly, and yeah. and that's hard to say for a lot of movies. You know, mm-hmm. it's hard to say for a lot of movies. It's actually a piece of art, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, there's hardly any movies that are trying to be a piece of art. Most of these movies are trying to engage with numbers. They're trying to engage with how many people are going to watch this. That's a good way if to If we put cast it. this dude, is he going to do, you know, but if we cast this dude, maybe he'll, you know. But, mm-hmm. like, this movie actually wanted to present a piece, an artwork, like a complete a complete piece like that had, like, little outside influence and more, like, an internal dialogue of what one, what needed to be mm-hmm. represented, you know. Mm-hmm. And the director did a good job at picking this particular actor Although at first I was a little iffy about the actor, oh. like in the beginning of the movie, because he just like the way he got into the laughing and all these things. But then he developed the character properly, you know. He built like his, yeah, his yeah. his um his acting is very transformative for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. it's just excellent work from from everyone involved, especially Joaquin Phoenix. Like he, yeah, he nailed it. He lost a lot of weight for the movie. Yeah, yeah, like you yeah. know, he God got knows. into the headspace of that character. Just, yeah, that's uh, crazy, dude. Yeah. And like, and he developed it properly, and and it, it was exponential as mm-hmm. well. Like in the beginning, that's what I mean by like. At first, I was like almost about to be like, this is might be whack. But then, like as he progressed, like it, it he just started like turning up the knob, you know, mm-hmm. of the of intensity. And it just got more and more and more yeah. intense. Like the more the movie went on, I was like, Whoa, this dude's building it up just right. And the editors did a good job of feeling his energy. For sure. Filling in those gaps in the film, you know? For sure. I, I would even say if it was if it was another actor, it could have been whacked. Like that <laughs> yeah. guy that guy really uh elevated the material in my opinion. Cause, cause, in my opinion, like you know, the the writing, the screenplay is not perfect, but Joaquin definitely made it perfect. You don't think it's perfect? I don't think I don't right. think it's perfect. What, what do you think was I, uh, off about it? I think in terms of uh, there there were there are some scenes how I like to think of things in terms of storytelling and conveying information. I like to think about it in terms of efficiency. How can I convey a certain amount of information in the least uh, possible or in the most consumable, digestible way? And I feel that some scenes in the movie might have dragged a little bit, especially as you pointed out before, like when he got into the laughing. At some point, it's like, okay, I get that he has a, a condition. We didn't have to hold on that for too long. It's like little stuff like that. That is absolutely true. Like really, that, I, I can't, you know. I cannot pinpoint like where, 
But you just did. Like there, that's the where. There you go. Yeah, yeah, it's like just just little stuff like that that kind of makes the movie feel a little but longer hey, than it should be. If they had a fatter budget, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I feel that you that think might it was have, just director. It might, it might have been a, a writing issue, a but writing but even issue. then, it's just uh, who, who wrote the movie. Uh, it was Todd Phillips and uh, Scott Silver, so it's like it was like a, a two two man job. A two man job. Yeah, and you know, for what it, it was great. It, like it's great. It's just those little yeah. things, little things that I have issues with. So so yeah, the the character starts to develop. You know, we start to know more about the Joker. We start to learn about his. Uh, you know PTSD. Mm-hmm. You can describe it as that in yeah, some ways, yeah. right? But we also start to learn that there's a system that's really not supporting him. Like he needs his drugs, and they shut down the office that can give him his drugs. So now he can no longer get them. So now there's a problem. You know, like mm-hmm. there's a real a real problem. Uh, we got a person who's mentally ill, who needs help, who whose uh, medication has been cut off, right? And then on top of that. Now this is I'm gonna get into the controversy now, because this is important for me mm-hmm. at least. When I watched the film, this is one of the main points for myself that I took from this movie, and that is that all of these things leading up to this man being violent, the precedent of mental illness, the neglect of of his behavior, and no one checking him, right? And on top of that, taking away his medication are all precedents for setting up the perfect patsy to create. Some fucked up shit, right? Okay, right. now, what's the only thing that's left? A device to enact the violence with. Right. Okay, so let's talk about gun control for a second. Okay. And I know this is like a divisive very, topic. Very hot topic Yeah, it's here. a hot topic. But, but the movie did cover it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> in, yeah. In a sense. In a sense, in a sense yeah. So, so we, we're talking about a man who's mentally ill who should not have access to firearms. He should definitely have been restricted by all sense of the legal term of restriction mm-hmm. to any access to firearms. As a matter of fact, the the law had already restricted him. He he oh, right. clearly he, when he when the fat dude like, I'm not is supposed like, to have hey, this, I'm right? not supposed to have this gun. Why are you trying to give this to me? And this dude is like really trying to give it to him. Like he's really adamant mm-hmm. about him having this firearm because he wants to sell it because he doesn't want it, right? Okay. At that point, who's responsible? The man who's not supposed to have a gun, who's done everything to try not to have one, even to the point where someone's giving it to him and he's denying it, right? Or society for having put in all the values that are necessary for creating a domestic terrorist, including giving him firearms, you know? And and the fat dude is definitely part of a sane, regular society. Mm-hmm. There isn't anything wrong with that dude. He has a job and he works no, and he the, has family. the reason why he gave him the gun was because he had heard about him getting beat up. As I hear, like, I'm giving you this, I'm giving you this so you can defend yourself. Right, yeah. right. And that's, like, totally not a good motive. No. You know what I mean? Because this dude's fucking twacked out. Yeah. Like, you, you don't could, give a, And you could tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, yeah. I have homies who are, like, not in their five senses, you know? Mm-hmm. I would never give them a gun. Right. Even if they got beat up. Mm-hmm. Even if people were fucking with him. What would I do? I would defend him before I ever give him any firearms. Because he's not going to defend anyone with that firearm. He's not going to defend himself. He's, he's too loked out to do anything. He's probably going to end up shooting some random innocent person, you know? Because he imagines that they were this or that, you know? Who yeah. knows? So, like, in a sense, when I think about gun control and I think about the particular subject of guns, most people on the left will say, ban all guns, right? Mm. And then most people on the right will say, 
it's not the gun that shoots people. It's the person, right? But it's actually the answer is not black or white. The answer is in the middle. And the middle ground is that a mentally ill person should not have a firearm. And people who are not mentally ill should not be giving firearms to mentally ill people to shoot people with, you know? Mm. Because obviously that's a stupid move, you know? That sounds very reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, That makes sense. If guns, like if we're moving into an age where guns are a problem and all these people really want to act like guns are a problem, why don't they enact technological means of restricting access to certain firearms? Like, for example, like if you buy a firearm and it's yours, there should be, like your iPhone, a thumbprint scanner that only enables the gun for the particular user that is designed designated to, <laughs> you know that would be amazing. That's a like, <laughs> that's a uh, that the concepts in a comic book called uh, Judge Dredd. Oh no! Yeah, the, did I just get uto- dystopian? A, a little bit. Oh no! Bit. Well, in in the Judge Dredd series, it's the cops that have biometric scanning guns. So you know, there you always get scenes when a criminal. You just reduce my whole thought into <laughs> like two words: biometric scanning guns. Yeah. You're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what it is, isn't it? That is exactly Biometric what it is. Scan. Well, why did it take me so long to figure that out? I could just <laughs> use two words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's um it, it's a common concept in sci-fi and all all the time I've seen it in sci-fi, it always says why that would be a bad thing. <laughs> and why is that? Why is that? Well, well, for, for Judge Dredd, of course, it's like because the, only the cops have it. That's a bad thing. But then there's another show called Psychopaths, which is an anime, which is also the cops have it. But also because it's a biometric scanning gun, it has to be scanned to a sort of surveillance system that kind of keeps track of everything. And that's just, you know, an Orwellian China? concept. China? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, we're gonna get, we're gonna get banned from China. It's okay. <laughs> uh, we don't need Chinese. We don't need we don't need China. Uh, nah, if, if, jo- might. if Joker might. if Joker don't need China, we don't need China. <laughs> we might need China, man. <laughs> I have Chinese homies, <laughs> and I have Taiwanese homies. Oh, okay, and they're beefing. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, but yeah. yeah, man. So you know that was one aspect. Yeah. One aspect um, of, of the movie that I thought was interesting was the whole the middle ground yeah. in terms of gun control. Because no, it, movie- it would it would have been mm-hmm. very easy for it to lean one way or the of other. Of course, you know. Of course, and it didn't do that. And, and, and that's you know? how it is in all of the issues that the movie presents. It's very. I feel that it's a very objective view of the events. Like, uh, like uh, how so? How how would I say? Like, it, it's really it's really a. Hold on, the delirium's getting to me. That, we're getting uh, delirious in this motherfucker. Yeah, Look at that. The, de- oh. <laughs> the delirium's getting to me. Shit. Yeah, we don't need to. Trust me. We don't need to. <laughs> see, I lost my train of thought as well. It's God, all good. It's uh, all God good. Damn, God damn. Thanks for watching, guys. <laughs> Let's go to the chat. Fuck it. <laughs> but what happens when the tyrannical government needs to be overthrown and they have all the controls of all these biometric controls? That's exactly what I was talking about. Is that like, the Judge Dredd scenario? Yes. Uh, yes. And technologic. And, and, and psychopaths as well. Technologic. The, that was him saying that. Yeah. Like the the technology, like for that kind of technology to happen, it would have to be some kind of superpower to implement it. And because they implemented it, they have the controls to it and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like pineapple. Boy Gaiman says, my homie lives in China. Hey, shout out to your homie shout in China. Shout out to your homie in China. 
was that song by uh something 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 made in china you know what i'm talking about i don't remember who it was but i do remember <laughs> i do know what you're talking about how do you think the joker's doing in the uh, chinese box office right now i thought i i i'm pretty sure like it didn't even premiere in china so oh so it's banned for sure i'm pretty sure i i i could be wrong about that anyone anyone in the chat know if joker actually came out in china I would want to know. Yeah, we definitely want to know yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, but man. Yeah, so so this is only some of the first topics that involve like social, political, and economic. Yeah. Like yeah, for sure. Know, we haven't even begun to. Oh my god, this is only. We got a lot more to go. This is the tip of the iceberg, yeah. man. So let's talk about the Batman infusion into the film because mm-hmm. there wasn't too much Batman in the film. No. But, but we definitely see his father mm-hmm. and. One thing that's very interesting to me is that he's painted in a way different light. For like, sure. From like what they the try to The traditional Batman yeah, exactly, narrative, exactly. for sure. And uh, and that it get almost like, I hate to say it, I hate to say these words, but it gives justification for the Joker's actions in some kind of way. It's, for, yeah, uh, yeah, you in know? some weird way. He, not yeah. only did he not actually murder his parents, because it was a rando dude that was inspired by Joker, mm-hmm. which Joker admits that he uh, had no interest in the protests. He wasn't about right. that life. Right? He says explicitly, it's like, I, like you know, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in anything. Exactly. Yeah. So if, he, if he's not about that, and then th- that cause or that effect from his, uh, um, mo- like, uh, his actions leads to, to his parents being killed, Batman's parents, mm-hmm. like, that has nothing to do with Joker. Yeah. And yet he takes out this like vendetta against him, like throughout like all the comic books that we know. Well, well, here's the thing: the original origin of Batman and the traditional version of Batman's story, it was always a random criminal that killed his parents. It was always some nobody who just wanted to mug these rich people in an alley. Uh, it was only the Tim Burton movie that introduced the idea that Joker killed his parents. Oh, yeah. So, so this movie's midi- again. It was mixed. this movie is again. Yeah. Hitting the middle ground. Exactly. Because it's not saying that Joker killed his parents. Yeah. But it's not saying that some random guy didn't do mm-hmm. it. It's both. It's both. It's both. Yeah. yeah and so. I, I feel that they did the Batman origin really well in this movie. I, I, I really, agree. I really like the idea of it. But but again, from a filmmaking standpoint, I feel like they, they were a little kind of on the nose about uh, the, the pearls and shit. Like, we didn't have to see that. But I like the idea. I like the idea of Joker's movement killing Bruce Wayne's parents. Uh, yeah. but, but, but like just an indirect movement. Yeah, For yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. Indirect. Yeah. That's interesting. So so then we, we, we definitely know that there's an element of John Wayne. And then we see a little Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, he watches his parents get smoked. And then after that, like, you know, the Joker goes on to be Joker. But, like, some of the other things that intrigued me about the movie was watching uh, the Joker's comedic development. I think that was really amazing for me. Yeah. Because, like, as I was watching the movie, I was like, okay, he wants to be a stand-up comedian, right? But, like, there was this, like, also, like, this, like, development where it's hard to describe. But I feel like, basically, he went from the pain being introduced in his life and him not knowing what to do with it to again it goes back to the whole is my life a comedy or a tragedy he decided comedy you know and at that moment from that moment on when he decided comedy everything was like a sarcastic 
like way to look at things, mm-hmm. you know? And even even him trying to do the one thing that he wanted to do, which was stand up and failing miserably at it, was somehow when you look at it from the other side, it's actually a success. Because mm. not only was he invited on that talk show right. for beginning getting bagged on, but he actually like brought on to the show when he gets invited some very interesting ideological concepts about bagging and what i mean Mm -hmm. by bagging is like essentially bullying right but in a different way in a much more heightened way bullying like what we know as kids like the jock beating up the nerd like that's like not that bad compared to like society bullying you for having mental illness Mm -hmm. like literally putting a target up on a pedestal and pelting him publicly like shaming him absolutely dude it takes a certain amount of like disgustingness to Mm -hmm. do that to another human just for a few laughs just for a few numbers yeah and and so you know it honestly like if i was in joker shoes like this is why a lot of people felt the film was compelling in the wrong way ah, because it was dangerous. Uh, it was dangerous. It's yeah. a dangerous thought to think that there's justification in people's actions, you know, for these acts of violence. Exactly. Yeah. Because violence should never be justified. And if mm-hmm. you try to justify violence for any means, then you're wrong, you know? Right. And that's true. I agree with that sentiment. I do agree with it, but I'm not going to say that someone who enacts, you know, if, if there wasn't a, a uh, a villain like Joker, who is not really a villain, but more of an anti-hero. He's more of like, he's like anti-hero. He's like he, he a villain is someone who's purposefully trying to do bad, mm-hmm. you know. But I feel like Joker's not really purposefully trying to do bad. He's more just like I, I. I would argue that by the very end of the movie, he is a straight-up villain. But but like as he is, as we follow him throughout the movie, he is definitely a more uh, sympathetic, empathetic character, but by the end, I think he has developed into a, a full-on villain. I agree. I agree. Yeah. You could thank you for the correction, and yes, I think that as the character progresses, like he yes. he devolves into a villain for sure because he loses all moral conduct conduct values. Mm-hmm. Like he's no longer like uh, willing to not do it. You know what right. I mean? And right. he's fully, fully which is which is at that point that's the Joker. Like the joke the Joker traditionally as a character, which this movie surprisingly like stays pretty close to the tradition of the character. He's just he's just a villain. He just wants to see it all burn. But you know what's fucked up? <laughs> is that how can you not tell the story of a villain in a fucked up way? Mm-hmm. Like the villain is a villain. Like mm-hmm. he does bad things. Right. Like how are you possibly trying to tell me that you can paint this dude in a good light? He's not supposed to be painted in a good light. <laughs> He's supposed to be a villain. Yeah. He's supposed to do bad shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So all of these people getting mad because Joker is a villain, essentially. Like, That's what, what they're getting mad at. Like, what were you expecting, Batman? Dude, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the movie's called Joker. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, dude. These people went in there thinking they were going to watch, like, some hero shit. Yeah. Nah, dude, nah. Yeah, like, no. like as if, yeah, like, um, this character, of course, like, we can sympathize with Dude, him, these people but... that criticize Joker, they might as well want to ban all villains. Mm-hmm. They might as well say no villains are allowed. Yeah. Fuck villains. It's, it's as if, it's like, why, uh, why ban the Joker if we didn't ban Breaking Bad? You know, that's, Dude, hey, that's exactly, same... that's a very good comparison. 
everyone was on Breaking Bad sack, mm-hmm. you know? And why didn't they ban Breaking Bad? He was like totally He was totally a, dude, a villain. Yeah, he's totally a villain. Yeah. He was dying of cancer. He had all the legitimate reasons why to be a villain. Mm-hmm. But in the end, it doesn't change the fact he was that a bad he was dude. a bad person. Yeah. yeah. And the movie and the series shows that at the very end. He pays his just desserts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he it had it was coming to him. He knew he fucked up, you know? Like, he's obviously an idiot, you know? He thought he was a shit and all these things, whatever, you know? Yeah. In the end, he was a villain. And the villain should never be glorified. Right. Now, I don't understand where these critics get the idea that the Joker movie is being glorified. Like, who who is glorifying Joker, you know? Right. Who's trying to be Joker? I don't understand. Yeah, like, 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 except some, maybe like one guy in his mom's basement. <laughs> like, come on. And even yeah. then... Even then, because they might even use that as an argument. Mm. They might even say, oh, this movie, the one guy in the basement is going to shoot people. But in reality, like, we're not responsible for other people's actions. You know, we're responsible for our own actions. And we create art and media for that purpose. If that were the case, then you're going to blame all video games for violence. You're going to say that everyone who plays Grand Theft Auto V wants to shoot everyone in the hood. Well, that's what people do say. Uh, (laughs) That is what they say. The same people. See, now there's a pattern, right, evolving. The pattern is that the particular critics of this movie are probably also critics of et cetera, X, 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 mm. other things, you know? Mm-hmm. So we know how to characterize this behavior. But the problem is, again, going back to the conspiracy, it might not be true. Mm-hmm. It might be that this is all part of Warner Manufa- Brothers' game. Manufactured yeah. outrage, is that? <laughs> manufactured outrage. Yeah. That's a new hashtag. Jobby hashtag, just invented it. Hashtag manufactured outrage. <laughs> look, look, look out for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I kind of want more drinks. Do you want more drinks? I do. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, you get more drinks because I got to control all right, all the, right, uh, cool. the decks. Yeah, sure. <laughs> But I'll, I'll check back into the chat and see what everyone's saying. What flavor you want, man? All right. Everyone who, was, who lately posted in the chat, I'm getting ready to check in on y'all's. What's good? Pineapple Big Boy Gaming says, I watched it on an airplane flying to New York. Oh, you got Cody on your laptop, bro? That's illegal. That's no bueno. <laughs> uh, let's see what else they got. Uh, the villain from Sleeping Beauty. They give a lot of sympathy. Mm, that's kind of true. Yeah, that's kind of true. There is a real news story from near me, I think, even the president addressed it where people took a mentally handicapped guy in the, into the woods and filmed themselves abusing him. What? I'm going to scroll past that comment. <laughs> oh. Jocks was actually nice when I was in high school. Yeah, that's because you were probably born after 1998. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair to say. <laughs> Man, isn't that so funny too? The evolution of jocks like... Dude, in my opinion, now jocks are the dweebs. Like now, like mm. the weebs are the jocks. Like, I, yeah. you know what I mean? These you, kids that yeah, are yeah, like yeah. play games and like. Think I will say, nerds. I will say, hot take right now, hot societal take right now. The jocks, the people formerly known as the jocks, and our jocks in spirit right now, they have co-opted, they have appropriated nerd culture. That's absolutely. Hey, that's possible. There that's you go. Possible. Yeah, we've we've got like nerd cultural appro- uh, appropriation. All right, all right. What's the defining line that can describe that behavior? I'll tell you what it is. Mm-hmm. Nerds were smart. 
Mm. They used to do good in school. Yeah. But now nerds are stupid. <laughs> they fail all their classes in the name of Fortnite. You know what I mean? And how did that happen? Like, nerds used to be cool. You were a nerd, and I know you had straight A's. Yes. <laughs> straight up. Yeah. Jobby's an OG nerd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the best of its kind. You see what I'm saying? I, yeah. <laughs> and, like, wh- like, how did this fall off? You know, how did nerds become not smart? I don't understand this. Why? Because you might be right. Maybe jocks took over nerdum. I, that, you know? That's just my theory. That's you know? your theory. That's, that's your my theory. theory. I gotta look more into it, but I feel like there's some there's some merit to that. Like if if you look at the people who are, you know, uh, popular, and you see their interests, it's like yeah, like oh, I like uh, I like Star Wars. Emma <laughs> says we're all big boys, so maybe I was wrong. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. Hey, cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Javi. Cheers, everyone watching, to, listening to the podcast to, and to, commenting. To Joker. <laughs> To Joker. Mm. Because we think he's a villain. And yeah. we don't idolize him. But, we don't idolize him. But, but we, we can... Because we're human beings. We're functioning human beings that we can sympathize with someone who's clearly having a bad time. Because we can, we're, we're supposed to sympathize with mm-hmm. those who are having a hard time. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to try and help them come out of that hole. We're supposed to try and help them... In that way, we are responsible. In that way. We are responsible for, for someone else's actions. But it... In the end, fundamentally, it does come down to, to the individual's choice. Yeah, I agree. And I think that that's what the movie is trying to point out. Mm. Is like that we should all try. I think that when someone becomes a domestic terrorist, it is society's fault. You know, it's all, all of us collectively. We fucked up that individual somehow. You know, we didn't treat him the way that he deserved to be treated as a human. And in turn... We got our just desserts, you know what I mean? And I'm not trying to justify domestic terrorism by any means, you know, because it's not justified because no one should ever do that. Right. But that situation would not have existed if it hadn't been for us. Understanding something is not the same as justifying something. That's exactly right. Right. That's exactly right. So we need to understand what the motives are. We need to understand what the behavioral pattern is of someone who evolves into a domestic terrorist so we can prevent it. Right, mm-hmm. but most of these people are not focused on that. They're focused on like the small logistics of it, and, and I really dislike it because as the movie progresses, clearly it's also making fun of hashtag woke people because the Joker doesn't give a crap about all of the protests mm-hmm. and all of the anti-rich people shit. Like he clearly is not about that. You know, is this some? Is this gonna be? Is this kind of a hot take right now? Is uh, are the Joker supporters in the movie supposed to represent Antifa? Oh, see, <laughs> you could say that I because mean, they're I technically. Mean, it's, a, it's a legitimate question. Like, no, I, because technically, like, I don't if, know. You, if you look at their behavior, their their resentment for people that have wealth is there. Mm-hmm. Antifa has that. What's another parallel? They. Uh, um, I've just gotten banned from Portland, by the way. <laughs> Where'd you get banned from Portland? For? No, no, I'm just saying, like, with that statement, like, uh, I can, I can never go back to Portland. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Good cast, good cast. Mm. Yeah, I, you know, and I feel, I feel highly pressured. Uh, we were actually just talking about this in the car on the drive over here, so I feel highly pressured in the way that I speak, like. I'm afraid to say anything because I'm afraid that any of it will turn into something else. 
yeah. and be interpreted in a different way by yeah. someone else that might consider it offensive or whatever, you know? And that's unfortunate because we should be able to explore these ideas, you know? Even in this film, we should be able to of break course. it down. And we're not like Joker fanboys. No. You know what I mean? No. Like, we're bringing Joker into the table for what he is. I mean, look, I love the character of the Joker, but I can fully recognize that what he does and what he represents is fundamentally wrong. But I can still, you know, enjoy... Because him. he's what? Wrong. And what? A villain. A villain. Exactly. Because exactly. he's a fucking He is a villain. bad guy, yeah. He's a bad guy, dude. Yeah. Like, whenever you watch a movie, any movie, when they develop the bad guy, he's never doing good things. Right. You know? But we're never mad at it. Why? Because there's always a good guy to counteract right. the bad behavior. I think that's might be one of the reasons why this film ah because there's no it's lacking the protagonist right it's lacking the hero it's only showing the anti-hero and i think that might be one reason why people might interpret it as an anthem for incels and that's a far reach to be honest it's a huge leap it is there's a huge leap like uh, stories can exist without a without a hero yeah, it, it just it just ha- it just takes There's on a different flavor. There's plenty of flavor. stories, uh, absolutely, and right. it's called realism. Mm-hmm. It's called realism because in real life, heroes are hard to come by. Well, heroes are one in a yeah. hundred. That's the sad truth, right? Like, there, it's more likely that the Joker can exist in our world than a Batman can. Absolutely, yeah, for that's, sure. That's really the tragedy. As a matter of fact, there's probably been tenfold different Jokers that have arisen in our neighborhoods. As opposed mm-hmm. to different Batmans who have gone out there and gone crazy. Like, honestly, this is this is one scenario. I'll, put, I'll paint to you one personal scenario for my own life that I think that is real honest. And I really want to put it out there. But basically, this it's this. It's that if, for whatever reason, everything in my life worth living for was taken away, stripped away from me. Everything that I loved, right? I had nothing to live for except I'm still alive. The one thing that I would do is become Batman. Mm. You know what I mean? I wouldn't become Joker. I would become Batman, like, but with lethal force. Oh. <laughs> Which, in case, no, that that's that, the actually, pun- that makes me Joker. Ah! No, no. Uh, some could argue that makes you the Punisher. The Punisher. The Punisher. I'm more prone to be a Punisher. There you go. Than a Joker or a Batman. Yeah. Okay. Thank yeah. you for that. Like the the Punisher is Batman with lethal force. That that's really a good way to conceive those characters. Absolutely. Yeah. And honestly, is he morally incorrect? Yes. But I'm putting myself in a situation where everything has been stripped from me and I have nothing else to live for. Mm-hmm. Therefore, before I die, I wouldn't want to waste my life by shooting myself. That's lame, you know? I'd want to go out there and do some crazy shit, you know? Mm. It's the same difference between like if you wanted to kill yourself, would you shoot yourself? Or would you jump out of a like 100 story building? I'd much rather jump out of 100 story building because I'd at least enjoy ah. the glide down, you know. <laughs> but like, it's difficult to bring up these subjects today because people will say that we're either a promoting suicide or this and that, but we're really not. Like, we're just speaking on like on a personal level, on a really deep right. level of like, what if, you know? It's a it, it, it's a what if. Yeah. What if everything was taken away from and you? We, what would you do? And and to would you kill yourself? Would you? What would you do? Would you right. become Batman? Would right. you become the Punisher? You know. Right. To to progress in our in our views on on certain topics, we have to be willing to go into these dark places. 
we can't we can't pretend like everything is just light all the time we have to we we have to go down well you know it's it's something i always like to say but it's like we have to go down to hell to get to heaven that's true yeah. and and then not yeah and we learned that from evangelion mm-hmm. but also like i like to think of it that like one thing that really bothers me about today's society is that there's a whole nother group of people who are always trying to be extra positive, you know? Yeah. They're like, the everything, positivity. Yeah, everything is positive. And everything that's negative, get it out of my life, you know? Right. And I only focus on the positive. And if it's not positive, then go away. And I'll block you on Facebook if you're negative. Like, yo, yeah. like that's not being positive. That's being ignorant. You're literally ignoring truths because they're uncomfortable mm-hmm. to you. And you're literally putting yourself in a place where you're hiding realities from yourself for your own personal benefit because you want to believe that everything is flowers and sunshine right. when reality is not. Right. You know? Right. True positivity. True pos- positivity is acknowledging that negativity exists and it's within you, yourself. That's uh, True positivity is accepting all of that and choosing to not give in to that. That's exactly right. It's the fight. It's mm-hmm. the fight. And when, it's mm-hmm. when you choose the right path right. during the fight that makes you a positive person. That's Batman. That's Batman. That's Batman. Now, of course, Batman is altruistic. And, you know, if we could all be Batman, that'd be great. Yeah. But, you know, realistically, but you know, it, people are flawed. But even in the Batman universe, not everyone is Batman. Exactly. But, yeah. <laughs> and it's, a, it, it's the same story as Jesus in a way. Mm. You know, there's only one Jesus. And he came 2,000 years ago. You know, there's only yeah. one Batman. You, you, know? made, you made a lot of Batman fans happy by calling him Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't agree with you, but I'm pretty sure you made a lot of uh, Batman fans happy. <laughs> I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that, you know, yeah. to be an altruistic human is hard, you know. And we all want to yep. be that. Yeah. But we're not. And we all want to strive to be that. And to me... That story is the same story, you know? Of course. Uh, it's not, but of course, you know, Jesus turned water into wine. You can fuck with that. <laughs> he turned water into wine. Yeah. Has Batman done that? No. No, no, he has no, not. No, he has not. Nah. The best thing Batman has done is, like, jump from one building to another. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's got, he's t- technology. That's true. Yeah, he, he has a lot of technology. G- gadgets. Yeah. yeah, a lot of gadgets. Gadgets. Something that I always want, like, I was, like, again, it gives me hope when I was watching Batman as a kid. When he threw those stars, or not stars, but the, you know the the, the, batarangs. the batarangs, yeah, I was always like, "Wow, like, could I make something like that?" <laughs> <laughs> I was always thinking, like, if Batman did it, like, it's funny now because you can just buy him at a Walmart. <laughs> yeah, and it's the same thing for Spider Man in mm. a way, because Spider Man was very, uh, and I'm sure you probably noticed this, and it's probably true for a lot of the '90s or late late 90s early 2000s cartoons mm. they were all very scientific did you notice that yeah they were all very science based well that that was uh that was marvel's thing marvel's thing was having science based cartoons and that kind of influenced a lot of other kids shows at the time to take up this instead of magic it was it was science based yeah yeah because yeah. uh because magic is science you know In, yeah magic is just science we don't understand exactly yet, right? yeah. yeah so you know it's interesting to think of it that way, and I like the 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 late two thousands early or uh, late nineties early two thousands take on that subject, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's when um, it's also when people like um, Bill Nye the Science Guy mm-hmm. were like delivering the same content, you know? Yeah, like a lot of a lot of science programs for kids around that time. 
Yeah. yeah, and I really enjoyed it, and it really helped me understand life in a better way. And it made, it made me want to read a lot of books about mm-hmm. different things, and I want to learn a lot about everything and the universe and quantum physics and biology and chemistry and all these things. But like, I feel like that's kind of died out. Like, yeah, there's no cut, interest in that cut, anymore. Cut to present day, and Bill Nye is a shill. <laughs> Dude, I hate Bill Nye the Science Guy <laughs> now. He should have just. Dude, don't even mention his name anymore. Hey, you started it. <laughs> Dude. That's too Bill, bad. Bill, 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 Bill. It's too bad. Bill Nye, the science guy. <laughs> Dude, he tried to teach me about how... <laughs> gender is a spectrum dude this is what he late his latest teachings were all social science not any like actual physical, like physical science physical yeah. science yeah. everything he wanted to teach is social science and i don't appreciate that so i i do like in the terms of like new content coming out new movies and everything that hollywood produces these days i have been noticing that it lacks in those things but like this movie joker and like Quentin's movie Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, kind of makes up for it with a little bit of culture, you know. Yeah, like, there's a little bit of good artwork, there's yeah. good music, there's good, you know. Yeah, for sure. Creativity. Like movies like this, and especially Joker, because it was so successful, it makes me optimistic about the future of these genre films. Speaking of the future of this of these genres of films, wouldn't it be awesome if uh, if Batman was made like this? I I was. I would be so happy. I, I know they're making a new Batman movie, and I'm because of the Joker's success and because of how it was made. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about this new Batman movie. Yeah, cautiously optimistic. Cautiously, That's a good way to put it. Cautiously optimistic because I know that there's always potential for for me to be burned, but you know I'm I, I have hope. I have a little bit of hope. You're going to watch it no matter what. No, so, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to watch it no matter... I watched Suicide Squad in theaters. I know. I was just watching uh, <laughs> H3 Podcast yeah. talk about uh, Star Wars. And they were like, oh, oh, we love Star Wars so much. And the last Star Wars <sighs> was so bunk. But then I was like, yo, but you still went and paid money to watch it. Yeah. You know? That's the one... No, yeah. That's, I... like, that's like my pet peeve when it comes to watching movies. That's the number one thing I don't want to do is give people money who I don't think deserve it. You know what I mean? It, 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 and how are you going to know? Yeah. How are you going to know? It hasn't been released. Exactly, you know? yeah. And so if you give if Joker, if you want to go watch Joker and it was bunk, you would have still paid that money for yeah. that ticket. It's you know a trap. What I mean? It's a trap. It's a trap. But yeah. luckily, it wasn't a waste and it was okay. You know? Yeah. So it was fine. But if it had been, I would have been extremely disappointed with mm-hmm. myself. You know? As yeah. a contributor to the system of you know right right yeah because but that's just my personal philosophy of course and you know that i'm like kind of like uh on on the edge when it comes to that when it comes to hollywood when it comes to anything produced by hollywood but um you know and i don't i don't mind people who do enjoy it it's the same thing that i was talking uh to with uh echo Mm. in the last podcast shout out to echo he was just on the podcast recently um, we were talking about how sports for him are a big mm. influence in his life. And, you know, he uh, enjoys watching them, even though he knows that they're sort of Roman in a way. But um, he's accepts that it's a part of his culture and his life and that, you know, all I these see. things. Yeah. For me, animation and uh, Marvel DC universes are kind of like that. In a yeah, I, I, f- I, feel, I suppose I feel the same way, uh, too. Like, I... Uh 
I enjoy all of these big comic book stuff. I actually like the Marvel movies, believe it or not, as, as much shit as I talk about them. I, I do like them at the end of the day, but I do recognize that in the long run, they're not really enriching for me, but I can enjoy <laughs> them. I can enjoy them in, in, the very, in a very superficial way. What about, um, what's that girl, the, the girl superhero? Which one? Um, Marvel. Captain Marvel? Yeah, yeah, Captain Marvel. I actually yeah. haven't seen that, and I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> like, just just uh, not not for any political or social statement. It just looks like shit. Like, I do, <laughs> it just looks boring as hell. Like, I do not want to watch that. Dude. Yeah, and that's also a problem with movies. They're yeah. always trying to inject them with all this ideology, you know? Yeah. Like, even Marvel, even, like, the latest, like, the the latest Marvel movie, um, was full of like all this like different ideology. No, of course, know? of course, and and it is uh, like uh, sorry for talking about Marvel on a Batman podcast, but uh, yeah, it, it's my fear of Marvel going forward, where they're they're becoming more transparent about it. Like back then, it was like you know you could still have a good movie with some bits of ideology kind of uh, as subtext, but now they're really putting it to the forefront. And it's just it just becomes alienating at that point. Yeah, I feel like Marvel has had so much more experience in the film industry as a whole. Yeah, producing all of these characters, DC is just barely jumping in. You know, like what are some of the other works that DC has well, well, done? Well, well technically, DC is Warner Brothers, so Warner Brothers has been making movies forever. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the uh, format, the formula that Marvel has come up with has not been tried or replicated by anyone else other than marvel you know this uh uh this shared universe of movies where each movie feels the same you know like that's what dc was trying to do and they failed horribly they did yeah i will admit yeah i I don't know anything about dc movies like as far as like what they've recently produced but one thing i do know is that I don't know anything about DC movies that they've recently produced, but yet well, somehow I know everything about right. Marvel movies, even though I hate them. Exactly, you know? exactly. <laughs> well, well, uh, yeah. Like, uh, let me let me give you a little primer on how DC failed in their Marvel experiment, where they tried to start a Marvel style universe with Man of Steel, which was their Superman film, and then they went to Batman versus Superman. They went, then went to Justice League without the proper. Uh, they tried to play catch up with Marvel, and that was their mistake. That makes sense. Yeah, but but what they what they didn't realize, and what was under their noses the whole time, is that Warner Brothers, compared to Marvel, wait wait Disney, wait 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 wait, what's going on? Stream stutter? Yeah, stream stutter. Oh shit! Oh, it's back! It's back! Oh okay! It's back! It's cool. back! Cool. Yeah, it looks like uh, I, I was watching the feed. It turned red here. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. there was some kind of stutter for some reason. That oh, should weird. have never happened. This this is a professional podcast. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> should have never happened. That is strange. You got to call Spectrum in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're going to call me. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, you, sir, were speaking on certain subjects that you, we don't agree with. You set the word gun on your podcast. We're going to have to revoke <laughs> your internet usage. <laughs> Dude, that's what it's gonna come down to. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, you know the whole like 2016 internet, you know, extravaganza where like everyone is arguing all over the fucking place about the internet, right? They mm. wanted to know whether it was gonna become uh, internet providers versus uh, versus, oh. uh, uh and there was a whole law that they were trying to pass. Right, right. Are you talking like? Are you speaking on like the whole net neutrality? Thing? The net Is neutrality that, yeah. deal, yeah. And then, so, thank God that it didn't go the other way. You know, thank God mm. that the 
internet providers won because no one is going to block our stream based on what we say on this podcast. You know? mm. YouTube might block us, Google might block us, Instagram might block us, Twitter might block us, but but the internet itself would not block us. You know? mm. If it had gone the other way, you know, the, I see. You, you know what I'm saying? I, yeah, then, I then see. What you're saying is actually a possibility. <laughs> but back to the subject at hand. Let us know in the podcast if the, if the stream is uh, back up to 100%. We don't want any, la- any lagginess right, on right. the stream. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Sorry, I'm the moderator and the host. So of it gets course. a little hard to switch scenes and do all this. Of course, of course. Yeah, um, a, a lot of people seem to th- agree on the chat that uh, Batman vs. Superman and Justice League were shit. They were just bad movies. And Suicide Squad was also part of that failed experiment that DC was trying to do. Here, I'm going to leave you with uh, with the chat for a second. Mm-hmm. So the chat is there. Just read it. Yeah. You can scroll through it with okay. the mouse. Okay. Just hover the mouse to the left side, to yeah. the right side. No, no. Go. There you go. You're good. Oh, it's okay. over here. It's over here now. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Go ahead and engage with them. I'm going to go use the restroom. All right. All right, this is my podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, man. Justice, Justice League was pretty shit. BVS was pretty shit. And uh, DC, DC's big mistake was trying to play catch up with Marvel when in reality, what they, what they needed to focus on was really giving filmmakers and creative teams full control over the projects. Like, you know, as much as I like to talk shit about Suicide Squad, right? Uh, David Ayer, the director of that film, is a filmmaker. He he's ri- he wrote Training Day. He directed End of Watch. He he wrote that one Tank movie. It, he's a filmmaker. And Suicide Squad, Warner Brothers, they really stripped control off of that filmmaker, which is not what Marvel does. Marvel, when they get a filmmaker, they let them do what they want with some you know caveats and all that. So DC, Warner Brothers. They couldn't. They couldn't play catch up with Marvel. It was doomed from the start. So Joker, this movie that we were supposed to be talking about, this whole thing, it was. Um, it was. It's a step in the right direction, and I'm really glad. I'm really happy. Uh, it, like I said before, it makes me optimistic about the the state of comic book films. Also, guys, how you doing? Uh, uh Emma Curtin, how you doing, man? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Emma Curtin, you you've been you've been on my streams on Jobby too, and I, I appreciate you following me here. And uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, DC movies are okay, I suppose. They're they're okay, but definitely not the greatest. You have to admit. Ah, oh wow, you you kind of you kind of uh, came in just in time because I had finished my thought, and you right right away walked in the door. <laughs> That's awesome. What what was the thought? I, I was just I was just talking about how DC tried to play catch up with Marvel and failed miserably, and the Joker movie is a step in the right direction for them. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So you continued on what we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So for everyone that's not uh, hanging out with us in the studio, we got oh nice grapefruit juice, <laughs> White Claw grapefruit flavor, and we're about to make a ghetto mimosa. That- <laughs> Hell yeah. No, white, go, Javi. white claw, white claws are, white claws are something, man. Give me that cup, boy. Oh, all right. <laughs> there you go. Cheers to all you guys at home listening to us. Yeah. Appreciate y'all. Cheers, man. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. 
This has been great so far. I love talking about this shit. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Yeah. Um, I you can, know, I can I, talk about this shit forever. It, it puts man. things in a different perspective for me, at least, because um, I want I want this podcast to be varied. You know, yeah. I want I want different subjects and different uh, people coming on. So if anyone out there is interested in coming on the podcast, and if you're local to Los Angeles, let me know. Mm. I don't mind having Ooh, people very, on this podcast. That's you know? very cool. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, you know, if you if you think that you can talk, if you think that you have interesting subjects to talk about, if you have different life experiences than most of us, if there's something that we can learn from you, check in with us. Yeah, email me at info at djocult dot com, and uh, I'm sure to check. Is that you all out. one? Is that all one word? No, uh, no punctuation. Yep. Or no, nothing. Just info at djocult dot com. That's my email. That's really cool of you. I, yeah. I like I like the idea of that. Just bringing in people with different perspectives, local to the L A area. So it's a very uniquely L A podcast. Yeah, this is an L A podcast, and yeah. I and I don't mind uh, bridging gaps. Also, like I did. Um, hang out in the bay area for a long time mm-hmm. so there's definitely some friends up there that i wouldn't mind again shout out to the bay area shout out to everybody that mm-hmm. that i used to hang out with up there if they want to come on this podcast no problem yeah come on yeah I'm, it's a I'm, good time i'm gonna I'm call him out right now omar if you're watching you omar omar's gotta come on the podcast yeah, yeah, <laughs> if he's watching you know. or if, if he watching. watches it when when this becomes a video but <laughs> he's gotta come on and you guys help me get to uh help me get to a thousand subscribers so i can get this monetization on there you go so fuck this algorithm you know we yeah gotta beat it we gotta beat the algorithm <laughs> it's, re- it's really funny because uh uh joker might not be the most algorithmically friendly topic <laughs> <laughs> but hey but if we follow the new Warner Brothers technique. Oh, it might be the best topic. Oh, you know what I mean? Manufacture some outrage, huh? Hey guys, talk shit about us on Twitter. Thank no, you. No, don't do that. Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, man. Yeah. Hey, uh, I, I really like the fact that we have the the uh, the chat going and we it's can awesome. we can see all your guys' comments. So don't think that we're not watching. No, for sure. We see everything you're saying. Yeah, it feels like they're like we've got people. Well, actually we got people here us. with yeah, us. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. No, man, but uh, going back to how I said I love talking about this shit, I feel like um, this past Oktoberfest, I went there uh, last week, I felt I was being really annoying because I was literally just talking about this shit all day. Like, I was just, <laughs> I, like, I, I had bought a ticket with, like, it came with, like, a big uh, free stein. And Wait, what's Oktoberfest? Tell our listeners. Where, oh, where'd you go? Uh, I went uh, to Pomona. It's, like, a German-themed beer festival. So it's like a, it's like a fair, like an OC County fair, except the main focus is beer. So, uh, so of course you went. Yeah, of course <laughs> I went. Like every standards beer, and I bought the ex, the you know the special ticket that came with the free pour, and I was just talking about this shit with my friends. It's like I I don't know if they enjoyed it or not, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's how it was. I could I could talk about this shit forever. Yeah, that's why they need to come on so we can uh, mm-hmm. you know get into these different subjects. Yeah. I feel like they would enjoy themselves. Yeah. I know sure. they had another podcast uh, going. Uh, what was it called? The Bottle something? Oh, you're talking about Bottle Cat Media. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bottle Cat Media. Yeah. Yeah, and, and anything that you support, to be honest, like, Jobby's the man. Thank Jobby's you. the man. Like, anything that Jobby does is a hit. If he goes walking naked down the street and records himself, everyone will watch. <laughs> Guaranteed. You know? People are going to request for that to happen now. You know? Yeah, because of you. Like, <laughs> yeah. you just put that idea in their heads. Yeah, people are going to ask me for that now. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, I appreciate you coming on this podcast. Yeah, no hanging problem, out. man. Um, 
This is awesome. <laughs> I'm I'm always glad to be here, man. This is great. Yeah. yeah. Especially so, especially for you. I don't want to put you on the spot or anything. I mean, you kind of put yourself on the spot cuz it's your podcast. But I I want to say like it's always fun to talk about this big genre franchise stuff with you as someone who doesn't enjoy a lot of these big franchises. But it, it's always fun to get to kind of the heart of these concepts where why are these concepts so successful? I agree. And I yeah. think that's the reason why I enjoy talking to you about these concepts because mm. you get to bring into light some things that I lack on those subjects. Um, and that is the basic common knowledge of like, what is it that everyone is getting from this? Mm-hmm. You know, like, because I don't participate, I don't get to um, ingest that information you know and you have it all so you get to tell me what is in the information and i get to learn from that mm-hmm. and then you get to learn from my like i would say um skeptic point of view mm-hmm. you know no for sure yeah and and so you get to learn about your point of view you get to put my point of view together with yours and it becomes a more coherent more clearer picture of course right? yeah a more uh, more high definition yeah. perspective absolutely there's a whole point of having a podcast that's the whole reason why we do this because we want to do that we want to mesh together people's thoughts so that we get a better understanding on why things are happening you know mm-hmm. we would have never come to the conclusion or any of these conclusions for that matter and off the podcast we talk about this all day long yeah you know we talk about this all the <laughs> yeah, time we're, we're, yeah we're constantly making instrumentality jokes <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely true we're always <laughs> making instrumentality jokes yeah. By the way, I'm put now. I'm putting you on the spot for sure. We got to do a rebuild Ava podcast one of these days. Absolutely. Yeah, you gotta watch Ava. You gotta watch those. I, man. I, I'm involved. 100. Mm-hmm. percent Jump me in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But civic, uh, Omar, or civil, civil, civil. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he made that new song with you, right? Um, what was the song? Uh, what's the song called? Oh, uh, Swivel Man No Uta, or no, Red no, Dress? No, no, Red Dress. Yeah, Red Dress. The yeah. the room one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that was cool. Um, you know, he should definitely come on. He's uh, an interesting guy. Mm-hmm. I think uh, yes, he he'd is. have a lot of things to talk about. And uh, um, I don't know about Bottle, Cast, Bottle Cap Media mm-hmm. or whatever that podcast was named. Yeah. No, you got it right. Bottle yeah, Cap yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We have access here to be able to host like multiple subjects. Of course. So like if they all want to come by, that'd be um, sick. Yeah. Whatever, you know. Yeah. We're chilling. We're big chilling. Big We're drinking. Big. We're not smoking. But we could drink it tonight. <laughs> no, that's the thing. We're drinking because I don't smoke. <laughs> uh, or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So back, no, back I... to Joker. Back to Joker. Bring it back. Bring it back, Javi. So I, I smoke a little. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. uh, but bring it back to Joker. What, what, what did you want to say? I, was, I wanted to say that, you know, you're absolutely right about the fact that we need to mesh together different ideas to figure out the true intention of certain artwork. Cause mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to call it artwork. Yeah. Because that's what it is. It is. Yeah. It's not intended for anything else other than entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. Especially targeted towards children. Now, that's very important to know, though. Because even though the Joker movie was released as rated R, we have to remember that a lot of parents... They went to that movie and they took their ch- they took their kids to that movie thinking that it was gonna be like another mm-hmm. fucking Marvel movie, you know? Yeah. And they were like highly disappointed. Of like course. I know several like Mexican families like that like don't really speak English that went to go watch the Joker and they I were see. like, What the fuck? 
this is whack. You yeah, know? I, I think I think a lot of uh, uh, theaters as well. They had to actually make signs saying that this movie is rated R. Please do not bring your children. We know it's based on a comic book, but it is not for children. Yeah, right, it, it, right. It, it was a big thing. And so for that reason, I feel like you know, comic books in in, in general. They need to be looked at in two different ways. They need to be looked at in like the way that kids look at comic books, but they also need to be explored in a lack of a better. And I hate to bring up Jordan Peterson because I brought it up. I brought what? him up several other times. Why? Why? Why do you hate? Why do you hate? To because people are, will put me in a camp of certain thought if I continue. I got to. you. But got let's you. just say that his idea on the archetypal hero is a very good idea. You know, like he's saying that. The reason why these heroes exist is because we want to project ourselves into those characters, right? And that's why comic books is, exist. That's why mm-hmm. these movies exist. That's why Superman exists. Because they're what we want to be, right? Right. So, in a sense, like, when we watch these Marvel, DC, superhero comic book, you know, super films or whatever, we're essentially doing that. We're exercising that behavior. Now, the thing that I kind of disagree with is that it's, and you you've actually quoted me on this before. Mm. It's that I don't like the escapism of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. I I don't like when you run away from reality. Yeah, and you jump into this sub reality of this like super universe of like where everything is good and right. everything happens and the, the the hero the protagonist right. always wins. Where, where, where certain things matter that don't matter in reality exactly when in real life reality is based on reality you know like Mm -hmm. things happen randomly you don't know what's gonna happen like i i wish that that there was less escapism in today's culture and that there was more realism but Mm -hmm. unfortunately the thing that keeps me away from comic books and games and these things is escapism yeah that's what keeps me away and i see a lot of it when my friends I have a, I have plenty of friends that all they do is smoke weed all day long and play games, mm-hmm. smoke weed all day long, watch anime, and it's always like it's like you go to work, you suffer, you, you're a slave to society, you come home, you enjoy your relegated behavior to fucking watching anime and smoking yeah. weed, you know? Yeah. And like I don't I don't really like that, you mm-hmm. know? I feel like that's like like a, a cheap cop out for like life, you know? Yeah. And I feel like if if you really wanted to know, like it's it's the same thing that we came back to the same subject of watching Evangelion. We watch Evangelion and it's always like, oh, you can watch it on the surface level where it's just robots hitting each other, but you could also watch it in a deep level of like understanding what the message was behind the whole series, you know? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with Joker. It's the same thing with with even the movies that we don't like. It's the right, same thing with right. everything. Yeah. Jordan Peterson is amazing at compiling that evidence together and bringing it back to like an archetypal character mm-hmm. of behavior. Kind know? of grounding it. Grounding in some it sort into of some sort of like realistic exactly. foundation. Yeah. It's not real in the sense that me and you recognize real. It's real in the sense of like metaphysical reality, you know? And again... It's just another subject that me and Echo at the last podcast, we jumped into all of this. I don't know if you checked it out, but we definitely, like, dive deep into so many, like, esoteric subjects mm. and so many different levels of comprehension in terms of uh, how we analyze the world. But we should not overlook what we consider to be entertainment. You know right. what I mean? We should not overlook it. Right. Because it's full of stuff. 
You know, it's full of things, mm-hmm. patterns. It's full of uh, behaviors. It's full of things that either we want to see or we don't want to see or whatever it may be. You know, it's controlled. It's always a reflection of what's going on at the time. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's always a reflection of what's going on. Yeah. Not only at the time, but like, and it also echoes what's gone on mm. in previous generations. It's Across like it's, time. it's like it's carried it's carried on, you know, into our time. You know, right. we're living our grandfathers and our fathers' dreams in the same characters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Batman and Robin and Spider Man and all these characters have been around for how many years? For well, how many years now? Well, Bat- Batman was invented in 1942, I believe. 1942? Yeah. Dude, that's the year that we... <laughs> what? That's the year that we blew up Japan. Well, there dog. you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, yeah. World War II era. That, that's Batman. Dude, we did so much weird shit back in the day, dude. Loki. Yeah. That's incredible. Like, I actually don't even know why, you know? Why did we do so much weird stuff back in the day? Uh, why can't we just have regular... Like, honestly, we're doing weird stuff today. No, for sure. You know what I mean? For sure. It's like, in a way, the weird stuff that we have done in the past, without that, it's like we wouldn't be where we are today, you know? It's, it's strange. It, it's That's such a, true. It's a sad truth. It's a sad That's truth. true. Yeah. It's, like, uh, it's like your big brother... That's a bully and beat up everyone in yeah. order for you to get by in high school. Yeah. You can't deny that he was a bully and he fucked everyone up, but you also can't deny that's that a you gr- got by because of him. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here, hey, give me your cup. We're going to pour in more white claw this, in uh, there. Th- this, this country is the the bully big brother. That's, that's what, right. <laughs> that's what this is. And we're drinking uh, white girl summer juice. <laughs> exactly. God bless America. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so back on the subject of of, of Joker because we got off topic again. Yeah, I mean that's what that's what a podcast is. We have one starting point, then we go off into no, different. Fuck points. that! We're going back to Joker. Okay, uh, back I'm, to Joker. I'm always down. <laughs> I want to talk about the last scene because everything builds up towards Joker going on to a talk show. Ah. And the, the big scene. The big scene. Yeah. And the, he the, goes the hot new meme. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. And can, so can you just put it I, up? I'll put I'll put it up. Okay. Gonna, but, wait. So Joker goes on the podcast, right? And uh he fucking shoots uh Jimmy Kimmel. Not <laughs> cold blooded. Uh, yeah, for sure. No, uh he uh. shoots Robert De Niro in the face. Yeah. Uh, at who the end is, of the movie, who, who really is just an analog for dude. Those not like, not right only now. is Robert De Niro a fucking asshole in the movie, but he's an asshole in real life too. Mm. He's like super anti-Trump, and he's like, "Oh my god, I'm so hard, I'm so dope." Fuck you, Trump! Like, bro, you look like an idiot. Mm. Stop. You know, like the more that so, you associate yourself politically, the more of an idiot so, you make so, yourself look. So, like. so he was perfect casting, is what you're saying? Absolutely, he was perfect yeah. casting. If there was anyone I'd like to see get shot by the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> you talking to me? <laughs> His movies are great, dude. His uh, movies are fucking awesome. He's a great actor. He is, and yeah. every movie that he's done has been awesome. But him as a person. He's mm. so stupid. He's an old man. Yeah. I feel like when you get old, you just start to get stupid. You know what I mean? You start to degrade mentally. Maybe I mean, I mean, maybe it's going to happen to us. We yeah, know. Makes, maybe the more beer sense. we drink, the more we fuck ourselves up early, you know? That's true. 
Hey, yeah, who knows? We 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 might we might get fucked up at a slower rate because in in, in Robert De Niro's time they had cocaine. So there you go. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Hey, that's a big dad. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. That's a factor that not a lot of people like to think about, but yeah, <laughs> cocaine was a huge part of but, the Hollywood culture. So, uh the actor went on to that talk show host, uh talk sh- uh late night um Oh, you're talking about Joaquin Phoenix yeah, yeah. going on Jimmy Kimmel? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna type in Joker, incel. Wow, that's the next suggestion is incel. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Oh my God! Nice, Jimmy Kimmel. Let's see what we got here. Uh, I can't actually play the video because we probably get banned. But there he is. He's on Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. And isn't that so ironic that he goes onto a talk show? A late night talk show, the exact same type of talk show that is depicted in the film as being exactly what they actually are in real life, which is a horn for the government. Whatever they want to say, whatever they want to do is what they say and what they do, you know? And the Joker is like this antithesis of that. He's like a domestic terrorist. He's a villain. He hates all these people for turning him into what he became, right? And he wants to give them their just desserts and he shoots that dude in the face. And now, after the movie, this idiot, whoever's manager booked this interview, somehow made this happen. You know what I mean? Like, the the, the lack of self-awareness, I guess, right? <laughs> and how did they not crack a joke about this, about the movie, about the ending of I think the movie? He, I think Jimmy Kimmel cracked one joke where it's like, I can't get into it, but if I did, like, everyone would want to leave or something. <laughs> I think he said something along those lines. So they did acknowledge it, but the fact that it even happened in the first place. Is Dude, like, if you were Jimmy Kimmel yeah, and you were watching Joker and you watched Robert De Niro get shot in the face, would you not feel like you're that asshole? Like, absolutely. Like, I, I feel like it was targeted towards Jimmy I, Kimmel. I don't know, man. I, I wouldn't put it past Jimmy Kimmel to not have that level of self-awareness. So you think he doesn't even think of that? Yeah, he, he'd probably be like, oh, it's because he, he was doing a bad job of it. Like, I'm uh, not that. I'm, I'm not, not that. that. Yeah. I, I don't know. That That's how I, I could see him thinking that's that That's absolutely way. right. That's how naive these people are. That's how disconnected they are, you know? All of the late light, late night talk show hosts that all feel and act the same and say the same things. Yeah. Orange man equals bad. And all I mean, the, they're all know. they're all Jimmy's. They're all Jimmy's. They're all Jimmy's. Yeah. <laughs> dude. Dude. This is ridiculous, dude. We live in a... Like, this is where I get conspiratorial. We live in a sense, society. Yeah. Yeah. This is where I get conspiratorial in a sense. Like... Like, who programs this, you know? Mm. Who's putting the money out there to make this happen for us to watch it, you know? Because nobody gives a fuck about mainstream media anymore, you know? Yeah. No one watches this bullshit. And they're trying so hard they really to are. shove it down our throats on YouTube and all yeah, the other yeah. platforms. At, at this point, they're really they're really desperate to, to survive. Dude, they're dinosaurs. They're like yeah. dinosaur media. Yeah. Leg- and, legacy legacy media. media. And they're on fucking YouTube. And they're trying to, like, ban alternative youtubers that have per- particular political opinions mm-hmm. and they still want to take over the game on youtube like they they are uploading videos like yeah I'm t- like cnn will upload a video and it has like fifteen thousand views yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know you know what is one of the funniest things that has come of this it's 
the image of Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel, a guy that was really big on TV. You know, like, we all know Jimmy Kimmel. The funniest thing ever is watching him say, like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> that is beautiful. Dude. That is beautiful. Not only that, not only that, but take a look at their hosts. Yeah. Their guests, I should mm-hmm. say. All their guests are internet celebrities, you know? Mm. People who have made it on these platforms who have now gone on to these like mainstream media outlets to say something. Mm-hmm. And like and it's and that's because they're bums essentially at this point. They're yeah. nobody. Nobody cares about this media. This is th- this is so funny. Uh I just I just fucking woke up to this thought right now where when we think about like these old school YouTubers, these old these old school people that got popular on the internet, and when we map out their career trajectory, a lot of the times, let's take Smosh for example, not not to throw any shade on Smosh, but it's like their heyday, their peak was definitely on YouTube, right? But yeah. I feel that when they started going mainstream, when they made a movie, when they started going on talk shows, that's when they died. Yeah, which yeah, is, which is crazy and, and people like, need to be careful with that yeah. you need to be careful i'm actually surprised that joaquin phoenix even went on this fucking late night talk show i mean i'm not because you know joaquin phoenix is like he, he's an actor he, he is part of the hollywood he's part system of the hollywood in a way, system in but, a way. Yeah. but you're right you're right yeah but but in a way it is kind of it it still is pretty silly i think he could reach so much more potential like stardom if he took away his focus from mainstream media and refocused and rehoned his craft to like alternative, like creative aspects. The problem is though that he just won't do it because the system is built already, and you gotta you gotta participate in the system if you want to get anywhere. You know. I would say though, Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, obviously, I don't know the guy, but uh, from from what I've seen of him, he seems like a guy of strong character. Where before before he did the Joker movie, he was he's he's an indie darling. He's been in a bunch of in, like independent films. Like what? Like uh, ah shit. There was like there was a movie that came out recently. Sorry called, to like, quiz you while you're drunk. There was a, <laughs> no no it's no problem. It's uh like there's the master. There's uh her. There's uh no he wasn't in the lobster. He but was, is it more it like serious like, character? Like smaller movies like where where he takes he inhabits a character like he Joaquin Phoenix has always been about that. Joker what is his like it was one of his few big genre films. You know what I mean? I got like, you. like he takes uh he seems like the guy who takes parts because he believes in the part. He won't take it because of money. He won't take it uh here's an example. Uh Joaquin Phoenix, this guy was actually approached by Marvel, Disney Studios to be Doctor Strange. But he didn't take it because he didn't want to be tied down to a multi-film contract. He he's a he's the kind of actor that wants to constantly improve. Yeah, because some of those contracts put some serious constraints on like what other works you can do, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. But we're also talking about a lot of money. That's it's, another thing. It's yeah. true, yeah. We're talking about a lot of money. Like this But dude, he turned it down. <laughs> he turned down a Disney contract. Would you turn it down? Dude, <laughs> I'd be so tempted to take it. Turn down for what? <laughs> it's so crazy. Like that that's why he strikes me as a guy of like good character cuz he turned down Disney. At the same time though, at the same time, and mm. I'm going to say this right now. Mm-hmm. But watching him in in all his interviews 
And I watched several different interviews with Joaquin Phoenix talking to people about the film and his character development in the film. There were people praising him left and right mm. about his character and how he developed it and how it progressed and the whole dial turning oh, scenario yeah. that I gave you. Like that, that several people recognize that, you know, uh, like other like famous critics. And every time he came on to talk about it, he was so smug, dude. Oh. Like just hella smug, and I was mm. like, "Yo, like you don't have to act like that, you know." I see. But I will credit to him that there have been so many other people besides these people who are actually just criticizing his actual work, who were asking him really stupid questions like, "Oh, do you think that you incited violence and blah blah blah?" Mm. Like, there's been a lot of that too, you know. So I understand that he's probably has like reservations, you know, uh-huh. in terms of what he wants to say about his right. character development and things like that. Well, you know? well, well, here's the thing. This is something I, I like to think about. Um, there's a movie review channel that I love watching. Maybe Jen might have shown you uh, Red Letter Media. They uh, like they're, they're a movie review channel that has like a very cynical kind of sarcastic attitude towards Hollywood products. And there's a quote by them that I always think about in Hollywood. Everyone in Hollywood is an asshole. There are just some people that can hide it better than others. <laughs> and it's like, that's, that's true. That's perfect. Where it's like, it, I think the smugness, come, it's a natural byproduct of being an actor, of being on the screen. You kind of have to have a certain level of narcissism to, to be on a screen, including me, you know, <laughs> including Shut me. Shut up. <laughs> right, right. Uh, let's get humble real quick. Striker374 says... Now, here's a real question for everyone. Do you think that they will make Joker 2, and will he want to come back for another movie? Joaquin Phoenix, I assume he is referring to. Mm, that, that's, an, that's an excellent question. Now, I, I actually watched an interview where he was talking specifically about the subject, and he said he's open to it. Mm-hmm. But the director is not. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so Joaquin Phoenix says yes. Uh, but Todd Phillips is like, it's one and done. probably not yeah he mm. says he the film will live longer as a single than if he you know i could definitely um i could i could agree with that where uh it is as it, it might be it might reach the level of cult classic yeah like, be, because if if we leave it uh without a sequel that means the movie is more open to discussion more open to interpretation because what is a sequel if not to, to kind of like solidify concepts. Right, right. Where if, if, you, if we keep these concepts more up in the air, then that means it extends the shelf life of the film. It encourages discussion. That's true. Yeah. But he has to go into that different direction, which might not be what he wants to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Which brings me to uh, this next question right here. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. This chat's moving too quickly. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, so right here, Striker says... Uh, honestly, I'm still deciding on if 99% of the movie is just happening in his mind. That is very interesting. So um, you think that it, is it possible that um, that most of it has because we know that the girlfriend, oh yeah, the, the, the love interest yeah. was definitely completely imagined. Yeah, the movie made that very clear. Not only was it imagined, but he was being a fucking weirdo the whole oh, time. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. He broke into her apartment at the very end. 
and like basically it was like a threat to her child and like yeah and and a lot of people talk about it like maybe he killed her <laughs> maybe he maybe killed he killed her, her. Yeah, yeah but um yeah like that's an interesting concept because yeah we we see clearly dr- throughout the film that he is he has hallucinations he has delusions he has fantasies and the very last segment of the film when he is in Arkham Asylum and in the white room and he's like smoking and he's laughing and he's talking to his therapist at that point we could interpret we could interpret that scene as being him coming up with a fantasy like we might have the whole movie before that scene could have been just a story he told his psychologist dude i hate this type of fucking <laughs> oh my god it's a possibility i'm not saying it's true but it's it's a way to see it I know, yeah. but it's just like every time we watch a fucking scary movie, it's always that you know. It's like, mm. oh, what if it was all a dream? Oh, like, oh, like I'm, uh. I, I understand, I understand your distaste for that trope, but I'm more okay with it for this movie because it would be more true to the tradition of the character. Yeah, not only for for that reason, but also because. He has a history of making bullshit up exactly. in his mind. You exactly. Know? So, so it makes more sense. It makes more sense. Yeah. But also, at the end of the film, he uh, th- they make the presumption as he walks away mm. from the scene with his bloody footprints yeah. that he strangled the nurse. But do we know that he strangled the nurse? No. You know? Right. So if, if everything is left in, like, in the air like this and what, what can we assume about the whole film that it might the whole film might be could have been a bullshit yeah, exactly and then and it might come at us with joker 2 it was all in his mind you know yeah. <laughs> which which i honestly wouldn't like if they if they actually spelled it out for us like that but that that's why i that's why i can see todd phillips perspective of not doing another one but todd phillips is that kind of producer to be honest Mm. He likes to leave things in the air. Mm-hmm. From judging from his previous films, even from like Hangover, which is, has nothing to do with this mm. film. <laughs> but but when you watch his movie, like in the end, he left room for Hangover two, three, and four. You know what I mean? No, oh. like there was room for it. Like, I see. So I feel like he secured his future by leaving the end like there's, there's open. There's a possibility. There's a possibility yeah. that he might bring it back with either a it was all a, mind, a mental construct or b. Uh, maybe the Joker. Maybe maybe they build on this because it was such a success that maybe it's like a Walking Dead scenario. Remember, Walking Dead was actually a low budget project that yeah. actually made it onto AMC, that actually made it into the big bucks, that actually ended up getting stretched out too far until yeah. people fucking fell. Yeah, you know, the, fell off. <laughs> the the wa- the Walking Dead um story. Uh, the production story is a very it's it's a tragic one because <laughs> because that first season it was directed it was helmed overseen by a filmmaker the guy who made uh, Shawshank Redemption I'm pretty sure oh really like he is a legit legitimate filmmaker like he had a vision for this this show and also the show was based on a comic book so yeah I have one of those pieces here um, oh okay yeah I can't show it because it's like underneath the counter here but down here. I actually, you guys can't see, but I have like at least a thousand comic books mm-hmm. down there of different types. But they're all the modern type of comic books. And right. Walking Dead, I have the whole, almost the whole series. Okay. Yeah. Actually, which is actually like rare. 
Mm. Like not that many people have I only, almost I the only whole have, series. I only have the first volume in, in my collection. Yeah, I have I have a lot of them. Mm. And I looked up the volumes and I ended up concluding that I made a great purchase yeah. at the Goodwill. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, but long story short, that guy Frank Darabont got phased out by AMC because they weren't what he, they it was it wasn't what AMC wanted to do, so they phased them out. And the reason why we get this overstretched TV show is because they basically just hired a bunch of yes men. Ah, oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, that's why it lost traction and it lost everything about exactly. it, about the flavor exactly. of, this, of the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will admit that even when uh, no, I don't want to talk about The Walking Dead. Fuck okay. Walking Dead. Yeah. That could be another podcast. Yeah, fuck the, nah, I don't want to have a podcast about The Walking Dead. Hey, you you and Jen watch that shit more than me, man. That's true, but yeah. that doesn't mean I want to have a podcast about it. No, okay, I can see that. <laughs> I'm just. People are gonna ask you for a Walking Dead podcast now. <laughs> oh no! That's how the internet works, man. <laughs> The thing that you don't want to do, people are going to ask you to do it. That's true. <laughs> yeah, man. So, all in all, you know, I enjoyed the film. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a great film. Yeah, same. You know, I thought that when he was, like, jogging down the... St- like, all right, a few scenes that I liked. I'll mm-hmm. describe some of them to you. The first one, when he smokes the people on the subway. I thought that was great. Oh, yeah. I just the, the, way- fir- the first explosion of violence. Now, here's the thing about violence in this movie that I want to be clear about. Now, everyone is saying that this movie is hyper-violent, that it's really prone to violence and all these things, right? But I honestly don't see it. It's not. Like, like, honestly, how many shots did he let off? Like, what? How many shots did he let off in the whole movie? Can't be more than 10. No. Can't be more than 10. No. Now, how many? John Wick is more violent. Yeah, exactly. How many shots did John Wick let off in his last movie? Like, hundreds. Over 100. Hundreds of shots, dude. Hundreds of shots, so like over a hundred for sure. How can how can John Wick, like, oh, he's protecting his puppy dog? What do you mean? Like, of course it's justified. Like, no, nah. like he killed like hundreds of people in this film, you know. And everyone thinks that this is cool. Yeah. Yet Joker can't smoke a couple of people on the subway because they were bullying him. You yeah. Know? No, I think like all of his kills is like yeah, three on the subway. Robert De Niro, of course. Uh, the one the one guy who got him the gun. It's like that's it. Yeah, and, and the psychologist at the end. <laughs> yeah, that's five people. It's not a lot of people. No, you know. No, and not only that, but I honestly I thought it was really meticulous and awesome, the way that every time he let off a gunshot, it was felt. Like yeah, yeah like like it's hard to describe, but like the gunshots were reserved so that every time he did let one off. It was like such a big deal, you know. I was it, like, "Whoa!" It, it's like the the scarcity of violence in the film because it happens so rarely. Each moment of violence has such an impact, and also it's like the sound design, the the special effects of the headshots. They look like they're not like the pretty little headshots you see in other films. They're really messy. They're really realistic headshots. Yeah, and I enjoyed that about it. Yeah. Like, and I, no, I'm. <laughs> Fucking internet. <laughs> I'm not saying that I enjoy violence. I'm just saying. We're just appreciating <laughs> how how they presented headshots in the film. Okay? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because compared to other films where they just, like, people's domes come off. Like, that didn't happen in this film. It was very realistic. It was very cut and dry. Yeah. But not only that, like, if you notice, it was ti- the timing was uh, impeccable. Like, the way that the shots went off in the subway, and it was v- very precise. And me as a musician, I would notice this because mm. 
I keep count uh, subliminally, maybe. I don't know. But, like, every time I'm watching something, I'm like, there's a rhythm to everything, you know? Yeah. And, and like, I noticed that when this whole scene popped off, like, there was a particular rhythm to it. And the shots went off in a certain way, you know? Yeah. And I noticed that the director, he did that on purpose. And, like, the way that people's heads got scalped, the way that they got hit with it, it was, like, genius. The way that the camera panned to them. It was just such a good shot, like, to be honest. I will say specific instance where the violence was, like, presented so well and so disgustingly, so shockingly. It was the Robert De Niro scene where how they framed it, how they shot that scene it looked like a snuff film. Yeah, it actually that's true. looked that's real. True. Like it like the it was just a single headshot. But whatever it was, how they framed it, how they uh, the sound design, it it made you sick. It was like, oh gee, it it see, it looked like a video that you would accidentally download from LimeWire, you know? What, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh shit. Yeah, you, you know what I mean though. Like Yeah, you go on there to download Snoop Dogg and you get <laughs> Mexican beheadings. Yeah, exactly. It felt like that. Like what your grandma would post on Facebook. Like, Oh, no. <laughs> it, it was so, especially, especially with the 70s TV filter. That oh, just, yeah. I think that's what did it. Uh, that, I think that's what did it. Yeah, yeah, that just made it seem so, like, fucked. I, I, like, I could actually see that happening. Yeah, I could believe it. That's fucked. I could believe it. Yeah. And then and buying into the gimmick is part of the... Uh, the magic of making movies mm-hmm. you know? like did you convince me you know to buy into yeah. this like am, am well, i convinced <laughs> yeah you know? and like i was convinced like at that moment when he bought oh. not only yeah. not only that but i was also kind of like I, like i didn't think it was gonna happen but then when it happened i was glad it happened and then, again i'm not condoning violence everybody on the internet <laughs> i'm not condoning violence i'm just saying that it was a pleasurable moment when Robert De Niro got smoked, <laughs> simply because, you know, of his character and mm-hmm. the way that it was developed in the film. Of course, they made us, of course, the film wanted that from us. You yeah. Know? They wanted that they, from us. They led us on to believe that he was going to kill himself on TV. But it made more sense for the character to do that. And honestly, I take that into great consideration because one of the things that we talked about with Princess Okimi who came on the podcast mm-hmm. recently about mental health was about mental weakness and how it leads to suicide. And so basically our, our breakdown of mental health was in two parts. It was a, you were either going to, if you have nothing to live for, you're either going to kill yourself or B you're going to kill others, mm. you know? So, it, it's this point in your life when you've reached that minimum level of self-awareness where you're either suicidal or you're homicidal, you know? But in any case, your intention is to end life, mm-hmm. you know? And at this point is where should where we should be careful because we should be careful with suicidal people because if, if at any point they developed any ideological beliefs they wouldn't want to kill themselves. They definitely want to kill others, mm-hmm. you know? And the Joker is a perfect example of this, you know? He's a perfect example of this mental development of homicidal behavior versus suicidal behavior. Now, what is the difference? I'll tell you what the difference is. It's a, it's a character trait that you're born with, in my opinion. I think that some people are born too strong. 
And no matter what you do to him, like in the film of the Joker, no matter how much you oppress them, no matter how much you stomp them out, no matter how much you try to put out their fire, they laugh at you. You know what I mean? Mm. They think it's funny. Yeah. And at the very end, they're willing to do the things that no one is willing to do yeah. because of that. And I think that it's very important to distinguish that behavior you know that's that's very important for the character of the joker as a whole not even from this movie but like in the 90 plus years tradition of the character like that's what he's all about yeah yeah <laughs> i agree i agree yeah and uh when we look at this character development uh you know i'm glad we had this talk with uh, the last guest uh princess because mm-hmm. she shed a lot of light on that subject being herself like a victim of domestic violence and all these things and drug abuse and all these things she definitely painted this picture where, like, if you're that strong person and you're not trying to give up, when you reach the bottom, you're more likely to be homicidal than suicidal. Where if you're more inclined to giving up easier and you're more inclined to throwing things out the window, then you're more inclined to throwing your own life away, you know, being self-destructive. Yeah. In which case, both of those things are obviously terrible, you know. And we shouldn't strive to be any of those things. Of we course. Should, we, we, this movie is supposed to teach us that this behavior, we're supposed to counter it mm-hmm. with, some, with, with, mm-hmm. with, with intervention of some sort. Right. You know? Well, no matter what kind of intervention it is. But obviously, it points out a very specific fact that society is the one that's guilty. It's not the government. It's not rich people. It's not nothing. It's society. It's us. It's every time we go on the train... And you see that one person who's suffering and you clown on him, you know? It's every time you're walking down the street and you see that person thrown out on the sidewalk and you make fun of him and you throw shit at him or whatever the fuck, you know? It's every time you're in school and you see that kid who's different and instead, no matter what your different is, you know? Different in 1980 could have been a nerd. Different in 2019 is a jock. No matter what your different is, you know, the different is going to fuck you up if you're not careful, you know. If you push these people to the edge, they might just jump over the edge and fuck you up, you know. And we need to really highlight this behavior. We really need to focus on it because that is the whole point of the movie, in my opinion, mm-hmm. you know. It's the whole point of the movie. No, I, 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 think the, I think the director would agree with you. I, I believe, like, in, in interviews before the movie coming out, he, he said specifically that this movie is supposed to be a cautionary tale. Yeah. Right. And so, like, how can you possibly turn this around into being an anthem for this behavior? Right. You know? Right. Solely not an anthem. This is is definitely not endorsing this kind of behavior. Like, if it was, uh, the killing of Robert De Niro wouldn't have been presented in such a sickening way. Like, they would have made it look cool, you know? Yeah, It did not look cool. (laughs) It looked disgusting. (laughs) Not only that, but the fans... Like when Joker then gets arrested for his crimes mm-hmm. and he gets put in the cab or the car, the, the police car, car yeah. and he crashes and they rescue him and they worship him. Like that whole worshiping scene, obviously, they're making the, the followers of him look like clowns. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's, it's not he's, in a good it's portrayal. Like at, at, that, at that point, he's like the, the king of trash. Exactly. He's yeah. the king of trash. And like yeah. for you not to see that, for you to think that we are endorsing that behavior, that we are actually trying to get people to be like that by watching this film, 
It's ludicrous. Yeah. It's it, absolutely it's, ludicrous. It's not a triumphant moment when he's dancing on top of that police car. It's a really sad moment. Like, this is what he en- ended up as. That's that's terrifying. That's sad. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Dude, and it's, it's ridiculous because, you know, somehow the media always wants to convince us of a different story. Somehow, mm-hmm. you know? And we're not trying to have that story no more, you know? We're tired of it. Like, right. Like, again, we're calling them dinosaur media for a reason. Like, go to sleep, you know? Man, go to sleep, yeah. We got real people talking about real things these days, you know? Whether it's on this podcast, whether it's on other podcasts, whether it's on different YouTube commentators, whether it's politics, whether it's uh, mainstream media, whatever it may be, there's definitely a movement towards mm-hmm. truth, a movement towards, like, knowing... That, you know what what we're looking at you know whether it be mainstream movies like like take take for example the joker movie go on youtube and type joker movie explained there's like a quadrillion videos oh, on course. like joker movie explained you know what i yeah. mean so like of course if there there's a high interest in people knowing what things are about you know more than I would argue, even more than the actual content, like mm. like there's actually like a, a need for long form content these days. You know, mm-hmm. people want to know things, people want to check into things, people want to feel like they're part of something. I I feel that way, that way too. I listen to people. When I listen to people on podcasts, I feel like I'm in the room with them. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm checking into their conversation. I'm learning from them. So I appreciate everyone who checked in. Check into this podcast. You know, if you guys are learning from us, if you guys think that we're speaking on anything that hits at home, let us know. Let us know in the uh, in, in the chat because sure. you know, we'd love to know. You know, if if we're just ranting for no reason or <laughs> no, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. Like through through all of our like drunk ramblings right now, like there there is definitely some some kernel of value at least in what we Absolutely. were discussing for sure. Yeah. So, are there any stones that we have left unturned, Jobby? Tell us. Hmm. Uh, no, I, I was I was trying to think of like the I thought of the delusion thing, but we actually did cover that. Yeah, we did cover the we delusion. We did cover the delusion thing. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! No, um, I actually did uh notice a comment on the chat uh, about how. If they did do a sequel for this movie, it would be interesting if they did a Harley Quinn film in this style. Because honestly, it would be redemption. Yeah. You know, be- because and- because the Harley Quinn story is just as tragic. It's really um do you know the Harley Quinn story? I I don't actually know it. Like yeah, the please actual inform Har- me. Okay, um well, honestly, like I could show you the fucking episode of the cartoon that introduced I, it. I but can't play it now. No, no, not it. not not right here. I mean, after the oh, podcast. Okay, yeah. But like, just long story short, Harley Quinn was a psychologist for the Joker that fell in love with him. That's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like it's a doctor in this corrupt system where like this this doctor also got in illegitimately. She wasn't qualified to be a doctor, so she was easily manipulated by this sick person into being basically his bitch and that's parallel a- music says that there is a harley quinn movie coming out is that true yeah but it looks like shit really yeah oh no yeah it looks like it looks like dog shit i'm sorry guys i i i, I know some of you guys are probably looking forward to that film but it really looks like crap I mean, <laughs> i'm just gonna be straight up i could show you the trailer of that too and you'd agree with me okay yeah yeah, yeah i definitely <laughs> want to check that out off podcast yeah i wish we could play that kind of stuff but you know YouTube. yeah yeah youtube is cuckoo yeah. heads out here yeah like the and 
it's some it's funny like talking about the Harley Quinn Quinn movie coming out. It's it's funny because that movie, the idea of it, I believe they thought about it before the Joker movie came out. So this new Harley Quinn movie, it's a fucking continuation of Suicide Squad. It's the same actress. It's the same actress? Yeah. Oh, well then what the fuck? It's like they Just didn't throw it in the trash before it even comes yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like they didn't expect this uh new take on the joker to be successful oh, so they've been working on this for so long yeah and then now here comes joaquin phoenix and now they fucking trash their work and now they're like oh no what do we do ah. uh, i mean they're, st- they're still gonna release it but god it looks so bad it it's looks gonna, so bad oh no. man it looks fucking trash yeah dude <laughs> i wish that all these hood rats would not identify with harley quinn dude. Like, no it's you unhealthy know what I mean? it's unhealthy it's unhealthy like yeah and and I, yeah, I, I do. I do want to show you that, at least that episode of the original original show, where it's like you you will see why exactly why it's so unhealthy for people to idolize this character. She's pathetic. That that's the that's the that's kind of the appeal. That's the interest of that character. Where it's the same thing how we were talking about the Joker, where we can <laughs> empathize, oh, we no. can we can sympathize with this character, but we don't have to endorse or agree with that behavior. It's the same thing with Harley Quinn. Now, if someone actually made a movie where they represented this idea thoughtfully and executed the same idea the way that Joaquin Phoenix did and this new director, no, I wouldn't mind it so much. You yeah. know, maybe it would be, like I said, redemption mm-hmm. for this character. For this character. Be- for me. Yeah. Just because I dislike this character so greatly. But It's, you know, it's so sad because she's a great character, <laughs> but in, not in the way that you think. You know. I know. I'm sorry. No. I'm no. biased. No, uh, no, no. Like I, I, completely, I completely understand your bias because of the fact that they want you to see her that way which is so strange yeah i it is yeah. strange that they because again and i can get conspiratorial about this all day long but some people go as far as to say as this is like some crazy cabal of crazy men who want to manipulate the way that we think and they want to tell children to be this way mm-hmm. right and they want to give us these false idols instead of like these truistic idols right yeah so yeah. maybe maybe there's something to that maybe maybe hollywood deep inside is flawed in their way that of yeah of of, you know but at the same time i don't think that that's likely i think that this is all profit motivated you know yeah i think they're just looking at how many how many instagram thoughts are gonna watch this and and subscribe this version of the character is more profitable than the original version of the character and as much as we hate it the truth is, the majority of the population is going to love it. Of, uh, you know? Yeah, of course. So, but it, you know, who so, are we kidding? It's so fucking weird to me. Harley Quinn. Of all the characters to make into a girl power symbol, Harley Quinn is not one of those. She's not one of those. She is and, not dude, a don't. girl power symbol. <laughs> she is the opposite of girl power. It's so... I, I just got to show you, man. And, 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 and any of you, like, OG Batman fans, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Like, she is not a girl power character. <laughs> man so hey i honestly i love this podcast so much yeah this just been awesome yeah, we've been on here for a while now yeah i'm thinking we're probably sign off now okay yeah um no we could definitely talk about this off off stream but yeah we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll continue this chat off stream yeah apologize to all the people in the chat that are still checking in <laughs> but we're out this bitch <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for checking in man uh really appreciate it again Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, and that's uh, youtube.com slash DJ Occult, or just at DJ Occult. 
check us out on the internet. Check out Jobby the Hong. Of course, mm. everyone who's checked in already knows who Jobby the Hong is because he's the man. But still, check into his new content. They got a new song out with Civil uh, called Red Dress. Check that out on SoundCloud. Give that some love. You yeah, know? I'm. I'm. Uh, the the song is on all the same platforms that your podcast is on. Oh, awesome! There so you it's go. everywhere. Yeah. So it doesn't matter where you go. Check it out. iTunes, the whole deal. Um, yeah, check this podcast out. Um, save it. Save it in your phone. Save it wherever you listen to or wherever you watch. Check it out. So hey, thank you guys for tuning in. This was the Real Vice Podcast with Jobby the Hong, and we're signing out. Cheers, guys. <laughs>